Hello, my friends, and welcome to another episode of Genuine Chit Chat. And you may also be listening on the feed of the Femme On Collective, so welcome to you as well. This is another episode of Disney Discussions. This is number six, but it is the first for 2023, where myself, Rhea Carrigan, Spider Dan, and my now fiance Megan all go through Disney films with a different theme of each episode. Now, this was my turn once again, and I have chosen three underrated animated Disney movies. And just by chance, they were all released within like three years of each other uh, but i'll delve into all that sort of stuff in this actual conversation but the three that we have chosen is emperor's new groove atlantis the lost empire and treasure planet now the four of us talk about our thoughts on each of the movies the humor the animation and characters and we also talk a little bit about their box office performances and why we think that these films aren't held in the same regard as other animated disney films that were only released shortly beforehand things like hercules and aladdin and lion king those sorts of things So these are our thoughts on these three films. I hope yourselves enjoy it. There are links in the description to all kinds of different things we spoke about, including a deleted scene from The Emperor's New Groove, as well as prior Disney discussions and each of our social media handles and those sorts of things. But thank you for listening as always, friends. I'll be back at the end just to give you a little bit more information of what's to come for genuine chit-chat. But just thank you for listening as always. And I give you Disney discussions number six. Welcome to Genuine Chit Chat, where we have honest conversations with interesting people. And I'm your host, Mike Burton. Agreements. But that's not what we do here. Not in Disney discussions. We don't have fun disagreements. We discuss. We discuss Disney. Fun, enjoyment, happiness, childhood, other words. Um, We are here for Disney Discussions number six. It's been a little bit of a delay since the Christmas one. We were just, it was so perfect, the Christmas one. We were so full of joy. We were like, we don't need another one for, we considered never doing this again because it was so perfect. But there's just too many Disney films. Too many. Hundreds. But this one is I'm at the Hellmat, which is why I'm waffling on at the start. And it's underrated Disney animated movies part one. Because I, I picked these three pretty much immediately. And I was like, I'm going to have a little look online and see what other underrated ones are. There are loads. There are lots of them. And most of them came out in the same five years or same ten years, which is quite bizarre. Um, so the three I've chosen that we'll be going through is Emperor's New Groove, Atlantis, The Lost Empire, and Treasure Planet. That came out in 2000, 2001, and 2002. And in fact, they apart from Lilo and Stitch... These films came out right after each other. So Emperor's New Groove Kate was the 40th animated Disney film. Then Atlantis was the 41st. Then it was Lilo and Stitch. Then Treasure Planet was the 43rd. And I was like, I didn't just... I just picked these films out of thin air. I was like, I like these three films. And, you know, any excuse to watch Emperor's New Groove. And I was like, I was looking more information about them. And I was like, there's loads of odd similarities between these films. And one of them's written and directed by the duo who did Moana, Aladdin, and Hercules. Uh, And it was a box office bomb, one of the biggest uh, animated box office bombs of all time. But that's the last one we're tackling. The first one we are tackling is The Emperor's New Groove. So, came out 2000, it's got 7.4 on IMDb, and it has the greatest character in the history of animation in it, who is Kronk. And anyone who disagrees with me is getting kicked out of the Zoom call, including Megan. (laughs) So, um, yeah, Emperor's New Groove. I know that you, Rhea, you were excited about this. So why don't I start with you of just, what, what do you think of Emperor's New Groove? <laughs> uh, so Emperor's New Groove is one of my favourite Disney films. I think it's fantastic. I would say I probably watch it once a year, yeah. even I'm 40 years old, because I don't know. Sometimes I'm like, I just want Emperor's New Groove because it's bananas. I love that it's got an unreliable narrator. Like, I think that's fantastic. And I think the, it goes like really zany, but it doesn't feel out of place. 
and that's really unusual for a Disney film. And and I really like that. It doesn't feel like well, it it walks a fine line of feeling like a Disney film, but feeling really fresh and new every time you watch it. It's a slapstick comedy that just happens to be an animated Disney film, and I just think it's genius. Cronk just makes me laugh so much. In the run up to this, I watched it three times because we delayed because <laughs> um, I double booked myself, and I was like, "Oh, what a shame! I'll have to watch it again." <laughs> like so, that was like my third time watching it today. I watched it during my lunch break, and I was just like, "It's just so good." I'm never not entertained. It's always funny it. as well. Now, it's so funny. I can't get my four year old to sit and watch it. She's just not like it's just not for her. And and I find that really interesting. I haven't like really explored why she's not interested. And she, it's not like just because she likes princesses or things like that. Because she likes like the whole range of Disney films. There's just I don't know if it's just something about it that she just doesn't get what the story's trying to do or anything like that. Cause I'm like, she loves like a bit of slapstick. She loves something a bit zany. I thought she'd be laughing away, but every time I, time I try to get her watch it, she's just not interested, which I find really interesting. Um, which is the same for the other two films. Absolutely no interest. Um, <laughs> and so, so I find that really interesting, but for me as an adult, I just, I think it's absolutely genius. I could just watch it all the time. Mm. like every month i could probably watch i always forget how, how much i enjoy it there's actually a series which is the emperor's new school which is set after this and the series is banging as well it's so good it's i remember it as being one of my favorite weird b-list disney animated things because you realize especially when you look through a lot of these every animated disney film that makes a certain amount of money above its budget they've got massive plans for most of them were cancelled for atlantis and treasure island um in fact huge amounts were but we'll get onto those um but yeah when you watch some of these most of the animated shows that were on the disney channel are pretty rubbish but the emperor's new school was really good um and cusco is still an unbearable jerk in it which works uh, i will, so, I will say so great. like that's what so good. sorry dan i've just no, go ahead. Some, no, more, go ahead. some more things to say so that's what i like he even at the end he, he's still a knobhead <laughs> like that's okay but he's like a nice knobhead and i he becomes like a nice knobhead rather than a complete unbearable yeah, jerk exactly and i like that like I, I i like that there's sort of he does get a character arc but he's still himself he's still like a pampered teenage king and i think the voice work i usually don't like animation that has actors doing voice work because I think it's a very unique skill and I think people who do voice work are incredibly talented but the voice work is amazing in Emperor's New Groove it's so good you don't know that they're actors and I think that's really special as well sorry Dan I interrupted you I was gonna say we covered shit Disney sequels Kronk's New Groove I didn't even finish unfortunately I thought that was (laughs) dreadful I only watched it like once ages ago and i enjoyed it because it's got cronk in it but i'm pretty sure if i rewatch it it's going to be lots of little cronk moments i enjoy and the rest of it is unbearable i think they overdo the angel and devil bit in the if i recall probably they they it's just it's just bad i I i'm I'm blocking it from my mind because i know how bad it was (laughs) uh i as an actor i love patrick warburton uh his delivery his dry sense of humor his I've I've loved him in you know Family Guy. He's Joe in Family Guy. He's he was the he was a live action Tick. There was a short lived uh, TV show where he played the Tick, and again I thought he was perfect. Wait, is in this that. the guy with the deep voice? Yeah, yeah, Cronk, yeah. Cronk's voice. Yeah, he's he's got like a really deep recognizable. He's in the voice. B movie. 
Yes, yes, that is him as well. I've never Absolutely. Seen any movie. Yeah, I, I've I've not seen it either, but I've I've heard him in it in it a clip or. A He's also in a TV program with David Spade, isn't he? Probably. Isn't that <laughs> probably? I don't know that every. I'm I don't know. His, check that. I do not know his entire IMDb. Damn it! Well, damn. you should. I, I thought should. you were the ultimate contributor. Since What's the Terrifier, Patrick Warburton. Since the since the Terrifier, we just think that every IMDb trivia of anything you cover on your show, it's is you. on there because I did the research. Nobody, no other fucker did it. Um, <laughs> He's in a show called Rules of Engagement with David Spade. Yes, I do remember that show. <laughs> um, and, you know, David Spade is Cusco as well. So, mm. Oh, shit, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, because he does a lot of voice work as well, David Spade. You should know that, Megan. I'm <laughs> oh, sorry. Come on, Megan. Oh, oh, you know, uh, it. Come on. I, I covered this uh, way back when, when me and Natalie did our own Disney discussion, when we were talking about feminist villains. And- Episode zero. Episode zero, minus one, whatever you want to call it. Um, but we talked about it in in depth. We talked about, I, I love Yzma. I think Yzma oh, is so one good. of the best Disney characters, probably the last good, really good Disney villain I think we've had that's not like surprise villain, mm-hmm. um, that we don't know it's coming like an out-and-out villain. But also, you understand where she's coming from. You, you, she has enough of a character, and you understand why she feels, you know, why she has to kill him. And then, but then also, you know, she's doing all these really horrific things. And the voice work from Eartha Kit is like it's it's dynamite. It's absolutely dynamite. One of the biggest regrets I think this film does is she had a song in the film. And they cut it out. And if you haven't heard it, go and listen to it. I can't remember what it's called, but it's That's about show notes. Uh, it's about uh, blotting blotting out the sun because she basically that that's why she's so pale because she was told her dad, who was an undertaker and a magician and all sorts, said, um, "Stay out of the sun and you'll be young forever. You'll look young and beautiful." That's why she's so pale in the film. Um, and it's a wonderful, like absolute banger of a song like I, I, it's so entertaining and it didn't really fit the story in, in the way that it turned out because i know this film had a lot of production issues and problems and rewrites and reworkings retoolings and uh i, I you know I, I just love the character i love the background i love her relationship with cronk i love her relationship with kuzco I just think she's, you know, and she has the classic kind of Disney villain colours, the black and the purple. And, yeah, I, I love the film. And every time I watch, I enjoy it more and more. Uh, and I, I get more and more from it. Um, I think it's a very intelligent story. I think the most underrated performance is John Goodman, I think. I was going to mention him. I, I forgot it was his voice. I was like, Sully. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. And he just fits Patcher so well, and I love John Goodman as well. I just think pretty much everything I see him in live action or animated, I'm just like his voice is. Oh, I just I just love hearing it. And I think I think because we have such so many great vocal performances in this, you can sort of forget him, but he is there to ground the entire story as well. And I love I love his family as well. I love that. Yeah. I think this is the first time a well a Disney mum is alive, maybe for for one. And then she's also heavily pregnant, but also her and her kids know how to handle themselves as well. Like, I love that. I love that, you know, it's all, they're all equal in this family and, and working together. And, and uh, yeah, it's, it's a wonderful film. I, I can't, I can't praise it higher enough. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think of, of the three here I've chosen, I think this is the highlight. And I think of the underrated Disney films, this is probably some of those weird ones where I think this is, this should be 
among the greats like Hercules and Aladdin and all those stuff, but it's not. It's kind of held in this B, C list area. But the other ones are, and there's reasons for them, and I think they're underrated in different ways. But I think this is like a real hidden gem. But Megan, what do you think of this? Did you did you watch this when you've seen this before? This is when people are going to get mad at me. You don't like it as much. Uh, So uh, the first time I watched The Emperor's New Groove was when I was at uni, I think. So it must have been 2012, and. I like it. I just, I, I feel like for me, it got so hyped up that I actually thought it was overrated mm. because mm-hmm. I find that everybody that I've spoken to about the Emperor's New Groove fucking love the Emperor's New Groove. So it, it kind of, I know that it's not the same kind of film at all, but it kind of makes me think like Anchorman, for example, yeah. Yeah. where it's one of those films that everyone's like, oh my God, Anchorman's amazing. It's the best film ever. And then you watch it and it's like, it is it though? Like, it's not actually that, that good. Mm. I, I feel like, I think I've seen, I think I've seen it twice with you. Yeah, I think we watched it. And I think maybe during COVID or something. Yeah, I think I'm the same as Dan in that each time I watch it, I do enjoy it a little bit more, but it is weird. (laughs) And (laughs) we all know that I'm not (laughs) the biggest fan of weird films. What, what, what is it that, what is it that you consider out this, you know, outside of all the other weird Disney films? It's just Um, very, very quirky and zany. And I'm not a massive fan of slapstick comedy anyway. Do you like, do you like the meta humor and like them making fun of stuff like, like the map moment where they're they they can see the arrows on the map and then they're like, how did you get here first? Oh, it makes no sense. That stuff I like. Yeah, that's funny. I enjoy that. That's funny. That's one of my favorite bits. When he's talking to the camera, you know, the breaking the fourth wall sort of stuff. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I just, I just find Cusco unbearable. (laughs) Oh, he is. Well, I mean, you're supposed to. (laughs) I know, but I, I find it really difficult watching stuff like that where you're meant to like the character that is insufferable it's like spongebob i find him so fucking irritating Mm -hmm. that i don't understand why people love spongebob so much well no one who loves the i love spongebob i'm a massive spongebob fan but i don't like spongebob as a character he's unbearable but what's Mm -hmm. funny is when you're a kid you're like oh that's silly but when you grow up you're like squidward's the normal one here yeah and he gets so annoyed and could you imagine having a neighbor like spongebob it would drive you insane so when you grow up it becomes funny because you relate more to squidward Mm. and you realize that spongebob and patrick are idiots and completely unbearable and i think in this film it's same with kuzco is as Rio was saying like isma's such a good villain because at the start you're like i would kill kuzco and then he talks to patcher and he's like "Oh, oh your family lives there water park and it's, and it's just like and he's, P- he's, is like trying to have a heart to heart with him and he's like i i don't care because just a all. bit he's a bit too extra for me yeah but i do like the fact that it's all like to do with like uh like is it is it set in peru is it peru yeah, i think yeah. that's where llamas are from isn't it so i think yeah it it's like yeah i i think all of the like maya aztec stuff mm. i i really like that's cool yeah. mm. um it's probably one of the first films that they actually introduced like a different culture like that within to mm. the Disney Ooh, franchise, which like is appropriating. It. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think you've you've hit the nail on the head in in regards to the real villain in this. I think Kuzco is the real mm. villain mm. because he causes all the problems. He causes his own downfall. He causes all this. He causes all of the him getting you know attacked by jaguars and and bats and spiders and whatever else attacks him. It's all like even Patra says. Oh, you're, all these deci- great decisions you're making, uh, getting yourself bloody killed and falling down ravines and stuff. This is all you. It's your fault. Yeah. Um, I do. Patch is probably my favorite character, though. He's the heart yeah. of, of the yeah. film. 
Him he's just family. so nice. He's just a nice person. Like even when Cusco's like a llama or is he an alpaca? What animal is he? Llama. He is oh. a llama. llama. And then he's like going into the woods and then he's like, oh, I can't, I can't let him die. Yeah. <laughs> so I have to go after him. <laughs> I just can't let him die. Yeah. And I think with this, one of the things I want to talk about with each of these films is, yeah, we do a general review as we've kind of done our general thoughts, but th- there's three parts I want to speak about for each film. And um, one is the animation uh, and the other is why we think they failed. And then the other one is music because these films, n- they're different from the normal Disney films because they're not musical or there are, songs in it We've got Tom Jones in Tom this Jones one. done the opening Sting oh, does two of the songs yeah. as well. and that opening is amazing <laughs> when I heard that I was like is this Tom Jones and, and I was Mike like, was like no no I didn't say no I was like I think so I'll look it up I didn't say no no you said no I can't remember there was a disagreement about whether it was and then you looked up the wrong person and you were like no it's this person I'm like I'm pretty fucking sure this is Tom Jones <laughs> I looked up yeah I did look up something and I was like oh it's not and then yeah looked more into it but Sting does two other songs as well but like these three films th- this is the most musical of them I think the next two films yeah. barely have any music in treasure they island some they feature some songs yeah. but but then they're, yeah. they're not like classic disney musicals you know like hercules or aladdin or lion king like the soundtrack to those movies or even tarzan like tarzan features oh, phil so collins good. music throughout but like sting's music is they kind of put it at the end because it doesn't really fit yeah. and then and then you i think you've got goo goo's goo goo doll song in treasure planet is that the one that they play it might Sounds be like I wasn't like a fan it, of the music they used in Treasure Planet. No, um, to be honest. I think I didn't think a lot of it worked and things. But if we speak about the animation, really, mm-hmm. um, because each of these films has quite a unique animation style. I think set, really sets it high. I mean, mm-hmm. especially um, Treasure Planet. I think, but with this film, so Rhea animation and stuff for me the laboratory really screamed out for me and things and a lot of the background stuff. But what did you think when when you watch it visually? What do you kind of take in uh, from this film? What do I take in visually from this film? Or any comments at all to do with it? (laughs) Such an interesting departure from the classic Disney animation that you're used to. And I do think that when you first watch it, it's quite off putting because I think you sort of, it feels a bit Looney Tunes rather than Disney. That's a good point. and you get that feeling throughout, you know, there's a lot of wackiness with, oh, and suddenly now they have like a axe or a hammer that's appeared from nowhere. Like the little squirrel does that. And you're like, how, like, that's weird. So I think Disney quite often, although it's animation, makes everything sort of real worldish. like a character doesn't just magically produce something and things like that. And so it feels very different to that classic style mm. the more i watch it the more i enjoy it and the more i think that's to do with like how they are trying to bring the unreliable narrator to life visually so i find so you know the more i watch the more I enjoying it and the more i find that more, uh sort of like stronger but i think that's one of the weirdest things about it it doesn't feel really polished like it doesn't feel like it's you know this is going to be our big tentpole Disney film for the year. It sort of does kind of feel like oh we've still got some animators hanging around. Let's whack out a film, and for me that works. Mm. But I can see why it doesn't. You know if you're going for a particular thing, you're going to enjoy a particular thing. And I think that's for me. I I wonder why that's. I want God sorry. 
I wonder if that's why one of the reasons it's underrated or not yeah. as popular as some of the other ones. I find yeah, I find the animation a little bit jarring. Hmm. Mm. I, th- I think that yeah, that might be you might have hit the nail on the head because Warner Brothers and Looney Tunes are very chaotic and anarchic and they do pull out weapons and and there is violence there is cartoony violence and and they're they're in different costumes all of a sudden and it is it, i think that is the, the best word to describe it is zany um mm-hmm. and i can see why people didn't necessarily gravitate maybe to it um because again we're coming out you've got to think about where we are with disney we're coming out of that disney renaissance era we're coming out of beauty and the beast we're coming out of little mermaid hercules and all those aladdin you know it's a very different era and to have something like this which is so different is is it might have been quite jarring at the time so i can i can understand why people wouldn't wouldn't get into it because of the, because of those reasons and and again it's kind of i don't know it's a bit sitcommy in a way there's 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 something about it where it's it's more and it's probably a bit more cerebral as well maybe that's maybe that's why maybe some kids didn't get on board with it because it's it's quite a, a kind of a it's like it's not as visual as kind of the little mermaid or something where it's like oh this is the thing and that that is the that's why she has legs and all that so maybe i don't know um but yeah there's there's definitely something in what ria just said absolutely <laughs> I wonder if part of this is, and I think with all three of these films, again, is how how do you market this film without spoiling it? Mm. And I think, I know this is a vastly different film, but like Fight Club, for example. Fight Club did terribly at the cinema because, and it's hard, if you recommend someone who's not seen Fight Club, how do you recommend Fight Club without spoiling the twist? You don't. You can't even, yeah, you, you hate Fight Club. don't recommend it. Shut up. Uh, you <laughs> Say, hate Fight Club. Do you want to watch a film about toxic masculinity? Yeah, and most people go, no, thank you. Uh, don't want to do that. That doesn't sound fun. Um, so it's uh, one of those Weird, where... weird again. Weird. Yeah, she, she also hates the scene where Jared Leto gets his face punched yeah, into that's, a pulp. Yeah, but that's just because I don't like seeing people get punched to a pulp because yeah. I can imagine it happening. Yeah, but I, at least it's Jared Leto, isn't it? Yeah, that's <laughs> a point. That is, is a point. It is a good one. It is a good one. But it, it's one of those things that I think that... Like, I think it's a mixture of things. But yeah, how, how do you market this film? And I think, sort of jumping off what Dan said, I think one of the reasons this film, again, is underrated is because kids don't get it because a lot of the humour only works if you have seen... It's like it's like a parody. You know, the pull the lever cronk wrong lever. That's very funny. And that's a very clear, obvious joke. But one of the reasons that's so funny is because for the decades prior to that, you get these goofy supervillains, even like James Bond-esque, you know, but more extreme than that, where it's always, there's a big lever to pull, all this stuff. And I think if a lot of kids watch you who haven't seen lots of films, they just go... Why? And also the lift, the, no, the, the like roller coastery thing to go into the secret lab. Yeah. That's been like done quite a few times, yeah. isn't it? Exactly. It's it's one of the, it's almost too clever for itself. If you know, what I, I mean. like if that came out today, maybe it'd be different. Mm. I think as well, we've got to think about um, the kind of CGI Pixar kind of films that are coming out. I think this is much more um, aimed towards adults, much mm. like mm. Shrek. Mm. I think Shrek is aimed almost entirely at adults. The joke, so the humor, the stuff kids can enjoy, of course. But I think primarily that's the audience they're going for uh, to enjoy this. And I think if you think about, like, Shrek was only, like, a couple of years or about or round about this era well, as well. What, Shrek's one of the reasons that um, I've got it noted down that I believe it was um, – it's either Atlantis or it is Treasure Planet. Mm. That it came out basically around the same time as uh, as Shrek, mm. and Shrek just absolutely 
decimated it because as you and say 3d animation yeah. because of pixar mainly yeah or disney but again what you were saying it's a parody of those disney films those yeah. renaissance disney films that we've had mm. and maybe that's what emperor's new groove is trying to do but not because it's within house within disney they're not going as far as shrek goes mm. yeah it's it's interesting, but I've got so the note here for the Emperor's New Groove. It it cost about hundred million to make, and it made one hundred sixty nine million at the box office. So it did fairly well. Mm. It did fairly well. I think it was one of those films that once again, it once it had come out, it had a lot more of a cult following to it. Um, but it, I I never saw this at the cinema. Obviously, I was me and Megan were a bit younger when this came out, but like I didn't watch this for years, and I think I didn't watch this till I was a teenager. And I think leading with what Megan said before, it's overrated. I think. One of the reasons this film works so well is because you're like, Empress New Groove. And I can't remember what the trailer is, but you're like, what? Some dickhead becomes a llama. What? This is going to be awful. <laughs> and then you watch it and you go, this is genius. But it's one of those where I think now almost it's probably, as Megan said, if if anyone who's not seen Empress New Groove is hearing all of us talk about it, they probably go, it's going to be amazing. It's going to be the next Hercules. And then you watch it and you go, this is nothing it's like not- these <laughs> at all. Not even close. <laughs> it's like a film made by... Um, it's like when DreamWorks makes a film, you can feel uh, or illumination. You know, it feels different to a, a Disney Pixar movie or a Disney movie, and there's something about it. And I think of what you guys said, it's it doesn't feel like this was made by Disney Animation Studios. It feels like it was made by someone else completely, and it feels like it's one of those kind of almost an underground animated film. We get one of those every few years where either an unknown studio or fairly unknown studio comes out with something, and then it was like, this is amazing. So, yeah, is there anything else um, with Emperor's New Groove, because um, we are gushing, apart from Megan, uh, on it a lot. Is there anything else we haven't really tackled before we move on to the next one? Nice. Uh, well, I was going to say, actually, Dan, uh, if, you had, if, you, if you didn't look at this, Dan, just out of interest, you said there was issues with production. Do you, do you know any more about that element? Because I, I didn't look into that. I, I just know that there was... I, I didn't look into it. I think I did way, way back for that podcast I did with Natalie, but I, I know that there was, there was trouble because it was originally based on the Emperor's New Clothes, but mm. not because they didn't want a Disney film where someone's got their bollocks out. Um, <laughs> so I, I, I don't know the ins and outs of it, but I think... Um, Feel free to have a look. Free, feel free to peruse the IMDb or Wikipedia. But I know it was quite troubled. Again, lots of things were cut. People were recast. Um, animation styles were changed. Animation houses were changed. I believe lots of kind of stuff like that. But uh, that was I, I don't know specifics. Um, I think Sting's songs were supposed to be throughout as well. Right. But then they were like, um, yeah, Sting. These are a bit chill and and odd in comparison to this weird <laughs> kooky wacky you know you know it's like oh yeah i love the children or um, and i i like i like sting of the police you know i, I like i like their music but yeah it just doesn't I, I i'm not surprised they left it to the credits i can i can uh, understand why fair enough so we'll move on to the next one which is atlantis the lost empire um so this was at 2001 uh, and on IMDb, this has 6.9, um, so still reasonable. Um, I want to ask Rhea first um, about this movie. Rhea, did you, like, what was your first experience seeing this movie, and what do you generally think about it? I can't remember my first experience seeing this movie, but I know I've seen it because I just have. But I don't remember my first experience. I remember thinking, like, Keith looked cool, and that was about it. On this watch, 
I wouldn't say I disliked it, but there were quite a lot of elements that I disliked. That uh, and there's a good film in there somewhere. Mm. I certainly didn't like the way female characters were represented. I was I find I find much of it very uncomfortable, especially as you know, this is still a kid's film. It's not an animated film for grown-ups. It's definitely a kid's film. And I find that quite troubling. Um, so, you know, there's the, uh, I'm going to forget everybody's name. So there's the, like the um, femme fatale woman and the way Helga? she shot, you know, Helga. like her straps, Helga, that's it, thank you, her, like straps falling off her shoulder and all of that sort of stuff. And I'm just like, like, I'm fine with sexiness and all of this sort of stuff, as we all know. <laughs> but there is a place and a time for it. And I find, if you've listened to me on anything before, I mean, come on. Um, and I find that quite difficult. I find the representation of people from Atlantis, I don't know what's going on there. I, I can't tell if it's like white people trying to represent an ancient culture and how well that hits especially when the women in the ancient culture are sexy and wear very little clothing and have giant tits held up by nothing. Um, <laughs> like I just, there's just some elements of it that I find quite uncomfortable, which is a shame because I do think it's a good action adventure romp. Like I think there's a really nice story in there. I like that both this and treasure planet have male protagonists Um I really like that. I find that quite refreshing. And I like that it's about adventure and, and finding your own place in the world. Like it's like it annoys me that men just kind of get to do that and go and have adventures. Women in Disney films have to go and do that to find a husband. Um, especially, you know, when we're talking about the classic era of Disney. I think the voice work is iffy. I think some of it's really good. I think some of it's not great. I think the animation, some of it's very raw and not refined. But I think there is a really fun, if messy, story in there so that I don't hate it. It clips along at a nice play pace, but I just it's not one that I'm really interested in revisiting. It's a very strange film. The pacing, so I'd love especially. to hear what you all think of it. Mm. Yeah, okay. the pacing is weird. Well, these the reason I chose three, these three films, Emperor's New Groove, is because it's just it's it's one of my favourites, and it's it. just any excuse to watch that. Really, with Atlantis and Treasure Planet, I'd only seen each of those once, I think. But the main reason I remember both of them is because I had video games to do with them. So I had a Game Boy Advance game of Atlantis: The <laughs> Lost <laughs> nice. Empire. That was actually quite fun. It was quite difficult. You know, there's that weird era of video games. You know, people who've played the Lion King game or the Aladdin game is like from like the 90s and early 2000s. It's like here's a game, here's a video game adaptation for kids, and then it's like the first two levels are quite easy, and then after that, it's absolutely oh impossible. The Lion King game is it's so disgustingly so difficult. It's like so impossible hard. to complete. It's, it's so hard. It's I gave up. So Mike, Mike got it for me because it, it, was came, on the Switch, it came out on the switch so it was aladdin and the lion king 
Aladdin I managed to complete only because it had a rewind thing. Mm. So you could like rewind <laughs> nice. by like a few seconds and then try and do that bit again. The Lion King I literally gave up. And it has that on it. I like it? I would I went onto YouTube to see how I could fucking do it and I I couldn't do it. But there were videos so... of people saying I've I've people been were trying like, I can't this. Do this. <laughs> so they're like they're like pro gamers who've been playing like so mod- who can play hard. like Dark Souls or these kind of other games and lots of platformers and stuff. Dark Souls isn't a platformer, but you know what I mean. And it's like people going like even with the Switch thing where you can because the games are so difficult they basically said the extra buttons just let you cheat and it's so difficult even being able to rewind every few seconds like lion king is near on impossible i think the guy we were watching said it took him about three hours to finish the last level remote into the tv yeah which did happen i think to a lot of kids um so this game and uh, so treasure planet <laughs> not and, me i didn't and, throw the remote into no the thank TV. god because it was a switch and that was during covid <laughs> <laughs> that would have cost us quite a bit of De Niro. not <laughs> but so i, I kind of want an excuse to rewatch these two films because I only had vague memories of them. Um, and one of the things I found quite interesting about Atlantis is a, I love when films go all in like Avatar did, which is they create a whole new language. And the gentleman who did this actually created the language for the Klingons in uh, Star Trek. Yeah. And mm-hmm. the main character in this, Milo, he's his mate. The first like, concept art of him is based on this gentleman who I had the name, but make a mistake of my notebook. <laughs> so <laughs> I was trying to turn to gerrymander uh, Mark Ockrand. Um, and so the big circular glasses, that's, that's what he has and things. And, this film has the highest body count of any Disney film. And we were watching it. And I was like, this is like Titanic levels. There's bits where people are like, really help violent. me. And then like a, a steel door comes down. And then the scene changes. You're like, oh, that, that guy's fucking dead. And there's so much death and in this blood. film. Yeah, because he gets stabbed, doesn't he? And he like yeah. wipes it. And it's like... He gets punched in the face as well. Hel- Helga falls off the, the air balloon. Yeah. Herself. And she's just like, all, like broken at the bottom and can just about reach the flare gun. <laughs> and you're like, okay. But this one of the things I found most interesting when I was looking into this is that the main uh, sort of designer, concept designer, and someone who's a producer on this is Mike Mignola. Now, he ah. created Hellboy... Yeah. For anyone listening. Ooh, okay. So he created Hellboy and he's been involved in a degree of other Disney stuff. He was involved in uh, Brave as well. Um, and he's also involved as a concept artist for Blade 2, which he I was. haven't shown Megan Blade 2 yet. Blade 1 I've shown her, but Blade 2 by Gilda Toro is one of my favorite films ever. It's weird. Get ready. It's very it's weird. weird. It's a weird vibe by film by Gilda Toro. And Megan hate hates it. Pan's Labyrinth as well. Hate it. Uh, yeah, so, I fucking hate Pan's Labyrinth. Yeah. And Hellboy, funnily enough, Hellboy's directed. Hate Pan's Labyrinth. Because it's too fucking weird. weird. Yeah, it's too weird. And and oh, yeah, also, cool. sorry, yeah, and, sorry. <laughs> and it was the film. Rain, sorry, Beauty and the Beast. Beauty and the Beast is fine. Shagging, shagging a dog man, that's fine. Talking yeah, teapots, you know, a load of tea. Speaking cups right, speaking that, of shagging a dog man. <laughs> speaking of shagging a <laughs> dog what man. A what a segue! <laughs> I had to do puberty with my tutor group the other day, and I did this anonymous <clears throat> website where they could scan a QR code and then ask me questions anonymously. Some of them normal questions. What's masturbation? What's circumcision? One kid, obviously, being a dickhead. What happens if a man and a dog have sex? Does it create a dog baby? <laughs> <laughs> to which I didn't answer, obviously. I didn't even acknowledge the question. But that's the segue. Um, Pan's Labyrinth was also one of those films when I was at college. If my college teacher wasn't there, oh, everybody, yeah. he was like, oh, let's just put Pan's Labyrinth on. It's like, I don't want to watch this weird film again. <laughs> Like it, this, this that thing, isn't it? Oh yeah, he's great. <laughs> I, my main thing I remember about Pan's Labyrinth is the the cheek slicing. Yeah, scene. it's the whiskey. The, and it's the the bit that where his oh, mouth just the, opens not up. That fucking bit. That's, <laughs> that's my least fucking favorite bit. What I don't bit? remember this film. 
the the bit where he's, the soldiers are all lined up and the and the like the general gets like a glass bottle and just fucking oh he just pushes it in the guy's uh, face yeah 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 and, yeah and just yeah. absolutely mashes him well in. there's another reason it that like I don't you were like just it. doing a really aggressive wank then if a man and a baby if a man and a dog have sex does it create a man baby <laughs> that's my impression of that that's how that goes but um, very aggressive wank not my first road yeah <laughs> not your first Disney discussion either <laughs> um, but that explains like with Mike uh, Mignola being um, involved yes, in this yeah, it really explains a lot of the art style and although mm. I do agree with Rhea I feel like some of this is raw and I feel like it's probably what was probably happening is Disney was scrambling a little bit because yeah. obviously where we said they made Hercules, Tarzan all these films are phenomenally massive mm. and then they were like Empress New Groove oh that didn't land quite well here's mm. another one. Oh, it didn't quite land and I feel like every one that didn't land they were putting more pressure on the next one and the problem is it feels like some of these were unfinished and rushed in certain ways and I feel like Atlantis is two separate films I feel like one is like yeah. a really brutal like pre-war adventure movie made for like adults mm. and the other one is like this film about like this adventure and finding this uh unknown civilization and they're two mm. kind of different and they've kind of gone Bloop. and the scenes in this and you go this is a kids movie this is like horrendous and then there's other parts and you go what is happening and mm. the weird thing is about yeah. this film is the humor because i originally with empress new groove i was like oh i'll try and make categories similar for each of these the humor in this film I thought this really film was really weird. funny. <laughs> I think it's quite funny. It's got some very clever dialogue in it. Like I, I, J. I, like the I thought it was hilarious. But Treasure Planet it audibly made, like, it actively made me laugh out loud. What well, I, I, I had ahead. I had a bet with myself that you, Megan, loved Mole Man. I fucking hated Mole Man. He was so annoying. Know? I thought you would love him. He's I too weird, Rhea. He's too weird. He's too weird. I liked. But I liked all of his dirt. I liked his dirt with all the little flags in them. You like the old woman announcer, didn't you? Thought she was hilarious. I, I, yeah, cigarette. Yeah, she's she re- funny. She, she reminded me so of. Um, uh, oh bloody hell! What's her name? The one from Monsters Inc. <laughs> oh, uh, Roz. Oh, Mike, oh yeah, Mike Wazowski. <laughs> Mike Wazowski. <laughs> you didn't yeah. file your paperwork. Mole Man. I found irritating he's just, he was too weird and i also don't like that they were like don't ask him about his story you weren't supposed to tell me and you told me you don't find out oh, i want to know i love that what's bit. his story the campfire bit was probably my favorite part of the why whole do we film. find out about everyone mm. apart from old man you don't want to know he's weird <laughs> I, I i i like the humor in it i think it's it's right up my street i i think this kind of goes back to what we were saying in the in the dark disney films that disney are again taking risks take it go in for it. just go in you know i do agree though i don't think this is all that good but i think there's something in there that i really like i will say the the opening of the film is way too fucking dark i had to change oh, yeah. the i had to change the, the whole robot crab lobster thing i didn't see any of that it was too dark i just couldn't make it out oh as oh, right. oh, i think you meant said, dark as in when brutal. you said dark no, 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 <laughs> like the tsunami no, there's, wiping there's out like there's, a whole no, no, like genocide of a, of a race no, of people that's fine that's fine i don't mind that i don't mind that in my disney films genocide it's okay uh, <laughs> um no i meant visually it's too dark i had yeah. to I, I tried changing the settings on my tv and i still couldn't make out what the fuck was going on which was really annoying um, I, I think this is very influenced by a Disney film I've not seen, but I've heard very good things about, which is 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Yeah, I've not um, seen that either. Which has, again, it's around the same sort of... I think it's it's all, it's all technically further back. It's not World War One era that this is. It's it's further back. But um, again, it's about you know going underwater and sea beasts and stuff. 
Um, I got a real Avatar vibe from this as well, mm. like a real mm-hmm. like pre-Avatar. Mm-hmm. I guess it's the blue as well. That probably helped. Um, but I, I really like the cast of characters. They're really diverse and really interesting. Um, I think the humor lands for me because it's on the darker side, and I'm I quite I quite like the darker humor. You know, I'm into more of the kind of darker themes of stuff, especially in these Disney films. That I'm like, oh yeah, give me more of that, please. <laughs> um, this is really good. Um, but I I love the I love that aspect. I I think the culture aspect, this this Atlantean culture aspect. Considering we're going to learn, they were like, we've got to find it. We're going to find this power source. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. They barely touch on it. They barely explore this culture, this history, this anything. Also, ooh, ooh. If, I think if, that's one of my problems with it, where yeah. it fe- that's what feels off. I'm like, you're making an effort to they go, they, they go this culture, but you're not. You, yeah. you don't really care about it. That's and the that, weakest and, part of the film is yeah, when absolutely. they get there. Yeah. The whole, up to the point, they're like, "This is adventurous. This is cool. This is funny." Yeah, the there campfire was bit, scene. There was that bit where they were like, "There's no bridge." So they like tunnel down because <laughs> the guy is like really ancient. Well, Milo tower. was reading the thing. It's like this has been <laughs> here for like so many thousand years, and he's like, and look, I just blew it down years. in ten seconds." <laughs> and he does it, and I'm like, "Oh, that's so sad," but it's also so funny. <laughs> The first half of this film, I think, is genuinely gold. I, yeah. I just think as I, I think soon as they aspect, get to Atlantis, yeah. Yeah. everything falls apart. I've got so many lines of plot holes. And I'm like, this doesn't make sense. This wasn't explained. Aging, I can't. F- none of it makes any sense to me. As soon as they get there, and I'm like, oh. it just falls apart, I think. Do we all agree that Mr. Whitmore is gay? The old man that was yeah. friends with his granddad? Yeah. Yeah, they were probably lovers. They were definitely gay. Well, they Ooh. had like a picture, the fr- like a massive fucking framed portrait. And they're like, oh, and they were like, oh, we did a kiss, but we didn't like it. Oh, oh yeah. 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 <laughs> and the yeah, picture to- of them being we like, totally, we're totally not like that, but we are. We're totally. And like- then no air, no airs or anything as well. Yeah, is yeah. like a subtle. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a good I, point. I, Although I, did. I didn't like the fact that when we were introduced to Cookie, I thought that was the millionaire the- guy undercover, like pretending because they look. Identical. Oh yeah. Oh Which yeah. One's Cookie? Cookie's the one with the the ra- raspy voice. Who's yeah, Ernest. But he was the one who. Um, oh, the, the the chef. That yeah, was yeah. Just like glute. insane. Yeah. What's this? It's a lettuce. <laughs> There's only <laughs> four food groups: whiskey, cigarettes, <laughs> lard, <laughs> meat, lard, <laughs> meat. I, I thought they were the same person. I was like, oh, the, to the be fair, I, yeah, I thought they yeah. were the same person to begin I with. Think, yeah. I didn't think the design. I think there is. There's, there's, I think there's an experiment going on here with the animation as well because we're going into more CG and computer-generated <laughs> graphics, but also we don't quite want to leave the hand-drawn style behind just yet. So I think they're doing their best to blend the two, but it doesn't really work. And I think there's a bit of that in Treasure Planet as well. Not, there's a lot not, of that. I've got some yeah. tidbits about that when we get there. Ooh, tidbits. Um, it's like uh, the, the vistas are beautiful. Like hmm. when you're looking, when you're looking across a landscape or seeing it's beautiful. And I'm like, that's fantastic that they've managed to do that. And then you get this really raw animation of character movement. Did you guys notice the fingers? The fingernails looked yeah, weird. so weird. It was like, do you know how to draw Maybe a finger? And the guy's like, yeah, we, we do know how to draw a finger. <laughs> the, the fingernails are triangles, but backwards. So it's like the the, oh, the yeah. end of the finger is completely flat yeah. and then it's a weird triangle. But it wasn't at the end of the finger. It was like everyone bit their nails down to the cuticle and just loads of weird triangles. But the hands were like these square block hands. So it's like the hand-drawn mm. animation for certain parts was a bit weaker. But as but the the I was gonna say, Rhea, one of my notes is actually 
for when they're in the caves, especially when they're getting there, there's probably about five starts of scenes where if you paused it, you could frame that and put it on a wall. Yeah, and it was gorgeous. phenomenal. And I'm like, yeah, that's absolutely. the Hellboy-esque, you know, mm. um, that's the kind of style. I was like, this looks incredible. And for the first half of this film, I was like, I don't remember it being this good. This might be yeah. one of my new favorite films. And then as soon as they get to Atlantis, I'm like, ah, <laughs> Yeah. I see why this didn't land very well for people because the last end of this film, it's boring, it's predictable, and like Megan guess guess the bad guy within one second of him oh, being yeah, on screen. As soon as yeah. we met him, and I was like, he's the bad guy yeah. straight away. <laughs> Another shit surprise villain. Yeah, yeah he's oh no, not, it's he's... a muscly white guy who's a commando with yeah. short grey hair. Yeah, and then mm. and then they're Every like film ever. Then mm. it's Helga, which obviously is going to be her name because she's a strong woman, so she's going to have a German name. Um, was it Russian or something like that? Yeah. Helga, I think Helga's German. Yeah, and maybe and maybe they're trying to say something about World War One, World War Two yeah. there as well. Oh, yeah. yeah, but yeah, because yeah. then she's like, "Oh, we didn't. This place wasn't meant to be inhabited." And he's like, "Doesn't change anything." And I was like, "Right, definitely the bad." Yeah. Well, you said he's the baddie from the, the second, beginning. He was the second on that I met him, so you just thought, "Hey, there's a giant <laughs> muscly guy." Boom, yeah. baddie. Yeah, exactly. I was yeah, I yeah, I did. Uh, this, it's, this, it's so this, annoying, this, isn't it? As such yeah, potential. it's frustrating. It's frustrating because there is potential. There's something here. Yet we spend a lot of time. Like there was a big like you were talking about plot holes. It was like, oh, we've lost two hundred men. Oh, oh dear. Oh, oh yeah. And then and then and then third act of the movie, where are all these fucking like, soldiers thought. coming from? I'm like, faceless mask yeah. soldiers. Like where yeah, were these like, hiding? Where, where, and the planes. I, and all this I stuff? had to skip back because I was like, I think I've missed something. No, they just no. suddenly appear. Just because we, like, we, like, we need, we need them. What's it doing? So what's it doing? No. Well, you, you totally just didn't, randomly didn't miss anything. Didn't miss anything. But, <laughs> but uh, Mystical Army. There's, there's one um, part of the animation I really liked, which was is a bit. It's very specific, so you guys may not remember because it's very specific. But it's when the the convoy is kind of going down to the caves and things. And there's a shot where you've got three moving parts. It's looking down this sort of, um, like this cavern, and you've got some of the vehicles moving sort of this way, and then you've got a couple more kind of, they've almost gone round a bend that's off screen and coming down. And then there's another bit that's like three layers, and they're all moving at the same time. And I was like, that felt so comic booky. And I think the elements where they leaned in to the comic book stuff, I think it worked very well because mm-hmm. comic books have to show motion without movement. And it's a very hard thing to do. And I think comic book artists nowadays are getting a lot more used to it because they're learning from the greats who could do it. Mm. But there's certain times where when you when they were working these kind of things out, I think it was, it was so interesting. And I know I keep saying the campfire bit, but the characters for me, I was like, yeah. I don't when they were all introduced, it was so fast paced. This was like um when we rewatched Space Jam recently, mm. or in the last few years, I forgot how <laughs> Whenever the second there's Space Jam literally movie there's literally like no dead air. Yeah. As soon as a character stops talking, there's either an explosion, a score, a scene cut. It's just like this. And it's when uh, Milo is meeting all the characters and it's like, here's the mole guy. And then suddenly here's the big doctor guy. And then here's this person. And here's this person. And it's so quick. And you're like, okay, well, even, I need to I was going to say, I was going to say that, that moment when he meets Mr. Whitmore and he's like, already arranged. This is done. Here we go with this. Here's the <laughs> book. Oh, this is the thing. Here we go. And we're off. We're off. But what about this? And what about, no, no, no. It's all done. It's all sorted. Anyway, here's the guy. You've got to go in the truck. Uh, off we go. <laughs> I like films that don't fuck about. Like, <laughs> oh, I get, like how quick it gets into it. Like, yeah. get fucking on with it. I'm, I'm not interested. I'm like, crack the fuck on. I've only got so many hours and minutes in my life. Let's get, <laughs> let's get to the interesting shit. Let's get to the monsters. Let's get to the underground. You know, this underworld society. You know, this underwater world. 
let's get the fuck on with it. And I appreciated that part. And you love the, him with the yoga. The old man, when he's clicking all his bones constantly. Oh, yeah, you thought that was hilarious. Yeah, you showed a belly laughing. <laughs> Every time he's cracking his bones, she's cracked up. I was like, it's funny, it's mate. It's not that it's, funny. It's when he put his toes together <laughs> and then cracked his toes as if they were fingers. It made me laugh. And I'm also just sat here thinking... <laughs> See, I told you. She, she's like, I don't like to use a new group. It's too slapsticky and weird. But some old 90-year-old guy who's like oh, clicking his toes. I'm not even laughing about that bit. I'm laughing, you know, when he's like got his meeting and then he gets that message and it's like, your meeting's been moved to 3.30. Oh, you've already missed it. And then he runs out and then you've got the like board of the museum curators and they all run away. And there's one guy that's like, how did he find us? <laughs> that really made me laugh as well. Oh God, I've actually got tears in my eye. I forgot about the old guy cracking his body. That was so funny. Uh, I say, I, when oh. this film was starting, I was like, I was like, have I, in, have I just chosen this film and I've actually discovered genuinely an, an uncut gem? Because also, like, one thing which I know Rio would like is the main villains in this film are rich white guys. The, the, the way this film starts yeah. off is these Classic overweight, course. rich white guys oh, yeah, the museum museums, who are like, oh my god, your your grandfather was an idiot and so were you. And it's yeah. like, okay. And then they're running around like idiots. And I was just like, you were like, at the start, Megan was like, they're, they're being so, so mean. mean I was like, they're really horrible. <laughs> <They're so mean. laughs> That's the point. <laughs> poor Megan. Poor, poor Megan. In one second, I'm like, they're so horrible. And then he's like, how did he find us? And then I'm like, <laughs> 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 but what did you guys think of um michael j fox uh voice acting because there's one line in this that i thought was very funny which was when he's puking and he says why there is carrots in it and that line was actually ad-libbed by uh, michael j fox because he's allergic to carrots Who's michael j fox uh team wolf back to, uh, back the, to the future, future. why did you Marty go with McFly? team wolf <laughs> i don't why know oh, the, the old team? guy no the young guy Oh, the I mean, kid. He's old now. Yeah. He's old now. I've only I've only seen it once, Rhea. And that was recently with me when I showed it to right. her. Okay, I know. Okay, I know who you're talking about. Them. Well, yeah. I, I don't know why I went to Team Wolf before. <laughs> did did you like it? Future. Did you like it, or was it too weird? Back, Back to, to the, the Future. future. Yeah. I enjoyed Back to the Future. Yeah, good. yeah. I haven't showed her the sequels yet, though. Well, they're j- just as good. Aren't no, they? I know. I've, I can't remember the third one <laughs> at all, but I remember the second one fairly well. But I think I've broken Rhea. <laughs> Look at it. Look at Rhea. Look at Rhea's face. nearly cried. We, also, we watched Mandalorian recently and Doc Brown is in it and I pointed him out. That's the old guy. He's in Mandalorian. I mean, I mean, he's okay. always been, he's always been kind of, he's always kind of looked old anyway, but now he's actually old. Right. Yeah. Um, but what did you, because obviously we mentioned about voice actors and things, but what did you think? Do you think Michael J. Fox? This conversation that we've just happened. Teen Wolf over Marty McFly. I'm, oh, and come on, they're both pretty. They're both Michael classics. Michael J. Fox is Doc Brown. That's her. That's not me. Oh, that's, geez, She's terrible with actors. There's a pool I'm good of with like, faces. Yeah, I am Jack's musings is watching <laughs> Just... you with shame in his eyes and in his heart. Oh, he's crying right now. Yeah. I can you've feel ru- it. You've, ru- you've ruined him. And we also Sorry. said that Shrek was great as well. And I know he hates Shrek. Shrek. So. And we love Forrest <laughs> Gump as well. Shrek, he hates Shrek and Forrest Gump. <laughs> I didn't uh, say Shrek was good. I just said it was. No, I, well, I'm know. saying now that Shrek's good. Shut up, Jack. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and he hates I, Forrest Gump. I, I think Shrek's very middling. Having watched it recently with a child, mm. I was like, this isn't actually that great. I think but the second right. one's better. It's more of a meme. One. It's more of a meme now than anything. I'd say. Yeah, it, it's it's kind of big, it's gone Shrek beyond. is love. <laughs> Shrek is life. <laughs> Um, but Michael J. Fox, because I, I found... Frank is weird. <laughs> yeah. I, fa- I do like that video, though. <laughs> <laughs> the 
no consistency with <laughs> your weirdness. Sorry, Mike. You keep on trying to get. I'm trying. I'm normally the one who's going raving. off on tangents and stuff, but it's Megan. You're the tired one. You're normally the one who's falling asleep. Please have had a glass Love of it. prosecco. Yeah, with, uh, with raspberries in it. Yum yum. Okay. Um, but I found with my grandma Fox, Racky. <laughs> oh God! Like um, it's I, never going to get. Never, <laughs> I, I said Team Wolf, and that was it. That's this is my karma because I said Team Wolf before Back to the Future. Although I think the but Team seriously, Wolf seriously, Michael J. Fox. That's and just you go for Team Wolf. It's because I like, saw Team Wolf before Back to the Future. Right. So in my memory, it was like he was in that first, but he wasn't. Obviously, I remember the you know jacket from. You're looking him up now. <laughs> yeah, I want to see what Any, he looks anyway, like. Anyway, he looks like Marty McFly. Anyway, come on. You're, you're asking right, us about. Right. I didn't think liked. that Michael J. Fox. I didn't think he did a bad job, but there were moments and I was like, it was what Rhea, touching on what Rhea said about Empress New Groove. Uh, didn't do. I found that there was points where I was like, he feels like an actor more than a voice actor. And I feel like, I don't know if there's maybe, I don't know if anyone agrees, but I feel like there were points and I was like, I don't know if it was the direction or maybe the animation wasn't fully, but I was just like, I didn't buy his character at points. At points I was just a bit like, what? And then, but it was like so quick. I was like, oh, okay, gone. And then the next scene, I was like, oh, it works now. But I didn't know. What do you think about uh, Team Wolf in this in this movie, Rhea? <laughs> I'm sorry, we have broken uh, the both of you. <laughs> it's, it's, just to clarify, like, Team Wolf is obviously fantastic. And, you know, you, you cannot like Back to the Future. I don't know what's wrong with it if you don't like it, but you cannot like Back to the Future. I know nobody in this group saying it, but I'm just clarifying. But just Michael J. Fox is right at flight. And it just has <laughs> blown my mind. I just don't know if it's a generational thing, because I'm a lot older than all of you. But it's just really blown my mind. That's where I'm at right now. I'm trying to recover myself. <laughs> right. What are we talking about? Milo Thatch, a.k.a. Michael, Michael J. Fox's Fox. biggest role. Michael, right, yes, yes. <laughs> Michael, Michael J. Michael J. Fox, Fox being known as role. Milo Thatch, then Teen Wolf, then Martin McFly. Ask a hundred people. And, and his character in Spin City. I can't remember mm. what that character is. I've never even called. heard of Spin anyway. City. Um, oh, don't. Yeah, I'm old, thanks. I... It's weird. He's supposed to be the protagonist, but I kind of feel like, does he do anything? I mean, like, he, does he, he really? He has the journal. He, he helps deciphers the he languages. Kill, right. He can read the language that but, even but the people you know, from Atlantis can't read. you know what I mean? Read. It's kind of like, I just, I feel like there's just something lacking in core movement of his yeah. character through the story. I just don't care about it. You know, and I just, yeah. And if I he just died, think I there's nothing... That's it. There's nothing there. Mm. And I just sort of, and I find that so interesting, is that being a protagonist, especially as I watched Treasure Planet beforehand, before I watched uh, this. Okay. And I think that doesn't help because I think that there's a really strong protagonist story in Treasure really? Planet. Oh, I yeah. feel the opposite. I don't know. I feel the opposite. But we'll get there. Really? Sorry, Rhea. Don't mean to. Yeah, yeah I thought. Oh, I'm so excited. I want yeah, to talk about Treasure a bit Planet. of Disney discourse, um, eh? Yeah, and I just don't feel there is here. I feel like, sure, like he's smart. Oh, he's smart because he can read a language and wear glasses. Like, <laughs> all right, Rhea, that's just me. Like... <laughs> <laughs> you, got, you got something against people but, you with know, glasses. But I now. just feel like it's just really, it's just really, he's really lacking. I think and it doesn't just, help that I, all I the characters around him are so interesting. Yes, and they've got yeah. such cool backstories. Yeah. And when I know, I'm going to say campfire again, but in that moment, you find out what kind of what makes all of them tick and why yeah. they're all kind of there. And then him, he's just like... It's kind know. of like a cipher. Like he's he's guiding, he's your Ooh. 
you're he's leading you into this story, but all the other characters again are far more fascinating. The all the other stuff apart from the culture they don't explore and <laughs> and all this other this machinery and the, these action sequences, all of that's you know really interesting. Even Kido, you know, is is interesting to a, to a point. I know not Rhea's not happy with a, a visualization as a character, but um, yeah, I, I, there was there's something about it. I, I, I think I hear his voice and there's kind of a nostalgia there. So I, I'm always Wolf. like, yeah, for Team Wolf. Definitely Team Wolf. Especially the scene at the end where the guy <laughs> apparently gets his dick out. Uh, um, but there's there's something there. So I'm kind of like, is it the best voice, a- voice actor performance of all time? No. Does it do the job? Yeah. It's fine. It's fine. Um, mm. But yeah. There was a there was another plot hole as well I wanted to bring up where it's like oh we've forgotten how to read these languages, but but you're like thousands of years old you 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 were there you should still remember how to read these languages how have you forgotten yeah because I think she said that it, even when even a thousand years ago it was mm. it was already gone wasn't it oh it was a dead language then I, I think thought so she, I thought she meant it was a dead language at that time and he's like we will never use this magic again because oh look what i did yeah no uh, i think i think she said that it was gone like even before she was but right, the plot hole okay. there is as well is because when she's talking to her dad she's like oh we need to do this this and this and he's like yep yeah, the people are happy and she says oh but they don't know any better which mm. indicates that they've never lived outside of what atlantis is now Mm. Which then Mike was like, how do people age in this in this realm? And I was Ooh. like, is it just the royal family mm. that don't like age normally if everyone else has never experienced anything else? Then I was like, I was like, are they like Odin? <laughs> like <laughs> I was like, because they mentioned Norse mythology yeah, like yeah, at the yeah. start of the movie. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, maybe the royal family are kind of like Odin and Thor mm. in the sense that they're gods and they live longer than the people that live in the yeah. realm. But there's no real explanation for it because she says they yeah. don't know any better. If they don't know any better, then obviously a thousand years ago they weren't alive because they didn't know mm. what it was like prior. But it's like how yeah. how long with the age? But then they, but then they've all got these crystals, and that's the yeah. idea that that keeps them immortal and yes. powers everything else. So. Yeah. But then how, when they reproduce, do they just get more crystals from nowhere? Do they just there's also there's kids at several parts that are like you know five what, or you ten know, years you know old. What it is? Like, you, know, you know what it is, Mike? They shag dogs. <laughs> oh, yeah, they make they make dog babies. <laughs> but the, the problem is, is the Atlantis part should have been the most thought out bit, and they seems like they went yeah. right. We've thought out a language. We've literally yeah, created yeah. a language for this, and that's it. And you're like, I'm sorry, what? And I was just like, it doesn't. For me, I was like, okay, the the her dad was like, I don't know, fifty odd when he saved her when she was a kid, and then he looks about ninety, but she looks about twenty. And I'm like, how does aging work here? Why yeah. are there kids down here? <laughs> what? And also, here's the thing. She's like 8,000 years old. Okay. How has she not found a suitor? Okay. How? How was someone... Uh, she's an independent uh, woman. Uh, excuse me, She's Mark. not an independent uh, woman because she falls in love with the white saviour who comes down with glasses, who literally talks oh, to her for about oh. two hours. He's exotic, like, all right? Yeah. Is he exotic? He's about he's interesting. Sexy. He's bland. Yeah. He's, he's like a blank notebook. But, you know, not the exciting part where you get a new notebook and get to write in it and figure out what you want to use it for. None of that. He's like a blank notebook so that someone's exciting. written on the first page, but they've written, like, their name. And you're like, great. Now I can't have the satisfaction of the first page. I like notebooks. Shut up. Um, but not Milo Thatch. I don't like him. He's boring. But, like, how Mike, is she Mike's not got found? a very specific kink. 
<laughs> notebooks. Paper cuts only from fresh page. notebooks. Only from fresh notebooks. Ring binders. Ooh. Yeah, this. This. Mm. Oh, yeah. Oof. Gets me going. Um, but it does. Not weird, not weird at all. Not no, weird at no, all. No, not weird because that would upset Megan. If a man it? has exactly. sex with a notebook, does it make a notebook baby? It's a lot of paper cuts. <laughs> <laughs> it makes a little origami person from uh, Keeper makes, the Two It makes string. a notary. That's what it makes. Oh, very good. Very good. But the, the Atlantis thing, none of it makes any sense. And also the yeah. fact where he was like, oh, how do these machines work? You put the thing in, you twist it with your hand on that. And I'm like, you've had 8,000 years. I'd have put my knob on there in 8,000 years if I couldn't figure out how it works. You've got so much time. How have you not figured what a big panel that you think, yeah, I'll try to put my hand on that and it did nothing. I'll try to put the crystal in there and it did nothing. Just try to do them both at the same time. How did you do Stop that? yelling. You advanced civilization. You white people with your brilliant ideas that came around and saved us. It's like our poor... It's because they can't read the language, oh my Michael. God. I'm also like, in 8,000 years... They forgot years, how to read the manual. In 8,000 years, you can literally create a language. The guy who the guy who made the language for this, it didn't take him 8,000 years to write the language for Atlantis. In that time, if you thought, we've lost language, we don't know how to write, but we're basically immortal, wouldn't you just go... Why don't we just try and figure this out? Well, we know by words that thing over there is called water. There's going to be something around here that references water. Surely, you know, you find how people realise dead languages. You just need to know a couple of consonants or vowels or something similar. That's how you... That's how Milo works it out. How, how have you lived there for 8,000 years and can't work out how to read your own fucking language? I was just like, this makes... so angry. It uh, pissed me my, off. My, Mike, I think you're coming across a bit racist to Atlanteans now. <laughs> I just don't get it. I just, oh, it's so you frustrating. You need to respect their poorly explained culture. <laughs> oh. I would, I would say Mike is actually not doing that. Mike is actually saying how racist white people are because they're the villains. Who created this? Who comes down exactly as the white yeah. savior? You know, yeah, it's right. what are we as white society? To be honest, saying, this this film is what about, I I think should have should Pocahontas should have been <laughs> like just mass death and like you know just what it actually was in the time you know an accurate depiction of that story as opposed to you know. Well, I will say, well, this film did do one thing, which was the uh, the doctor called Sweet, um, which I found quite ironic when she was Kida was talking to Milo and then was getting confused about Sweet is a he's kindly and all this stuff, and I'm like. Okay. Yeah, that joke went on for a while. Well, it not only went on forever and made her sound like an idiot, but also almost every single language that isn't English, every name has a meaning. In fact, Michael is Hebrew for he who is like the Lord. So the fact that she couldn't comprehend that names of thing of adjectives, like, uh, what's the word? Uh, well, you're a language teacher and I put you on the spot. There's a term for a word that has multiple meanings it's one word space. but it has several meanings a word that has several meanings yeah you, you get a word that's it means more like i can't think like of any here here, yeah. here yeah yeah things like mm. that don't worry i tried where, where, i'm sorry where? i put you on the spot but like the fact that she can't where? comprehend that when if you think about like i know for example a lot of um uh -oh. eastern teacher cultures. google's coming up oh, yeah. oh, a yeah. lot of a lot of eastern cultures you know a there's, PowerPoint words, next time. there's like a number there's like a number a word <laughs> and a name all have like a connectivity to them yeah, yeah. so i'm like this ancient culture who seemingly can't read can't read or write how have you been functioning for eight thousand years in a society that can't write like with all this crazy technology around you like what have they been doing what, what like you look around and they're like 
So you've got all this technology you seemingly can't figure out or use. You can't read or write. There's not billions of you, so you're clearly not shagging. What the hell have you been doing for 8,000 years? She should have had nothing. a suitor. She should have had a suitor in 8,000 years. I mean, let's Mike's, be honest. Mike's here. angry again. It's yeah. I don't think we should move on to Treasure Planet. I just want to have Mike <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm interested. I'm, in, I'm interested in what Tre- people think my, of my, I, I liked Atlantis more than Treasure Planet, which is why I'm so passionate about it. Yeah, by quite a lot. I, I found I Treasure didn't. Planet. I, I pretty agree. Weak. I, I'm with I'm with Mike on that one. I thought Treasure Planet was visually stunning, but I thought the rest mm. of it was pretty tat. So, are you talking about words that are the spelt the same? Because here, here, and here, for example, you, you, and you, they're there mm. and there. They're yeah. classed as homonyms mm. because uh, yeah, they yeah. don't have the same spelling. It, yeah. But there are things yeah. called polysemous. Yeah. Polysemous. There are words or phrases that have several meanings, and you can use that word as polysemous. But then you can also just call them a multiple meaning word. That's the Americans who've discovered that. They're like, <laughs> polysemous, we don't need that. We don't need multiple to come up with a fancy word. We'll just use ladybug. Ladybird? But that's not a bird, that's a bug. Let's call it a ladybug. All right. I suppose it does make more sense. The English word with the most definitions is set. Hmm. The verb set has 430 senses. Let's not go into that. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Uh, but I was just thinking of like inflammable. Inflammable both means highly flammable and not flammable, mm-hmm. which is very confusing and things. Um, but sorry, I've been ranting about Atlantis and stuff. Um, is Atlantis! There- but Atlantis was the film that ranting. went up against Shrek. Yeah, I did a real rant. Um, I'm actually in my real life outside rant, of podcasting. Yeah. In my real life ranting. outside of podcasting, rant. I actually rant quite a lot. It's rant. Um, Whatever. Uh, Rant. (laughs) Polysimus Shakespeare. Um, I'm in a polysimus relationship. (laughs) Um, This film actually, one of the reasons I think this failed, um, it it didn't fail at the box office, so it cost 120 million to make. So each each film cost more than the last of these ones. 120 million to make, and it made 186 million. So it didn't do too badly. Mm. Um, You know, it's only in Disney where they think, oh, we only made 60 million on this film. Oh, bleeding hearts. Um, But, this went up against Shrek, and for some reason, in what I read, it went up against Tomb Raider was cited as competing with this. And I'm like, in the- Lara Croft wearing skin tight outfits in water a lot. To as be in fair, Angelina Jolie. when I saw that film, I went upstairs, I put a belt around myself. And like I was clothed, that makes it sound <laughs> like I neck. was naked. Not <laughs> your neck, right? Or your arm to inject heroin. <laughs> I put a belt. I'm, I'm killing myself. It's that bad. <laughs> I put a belt around myself. I didn't have any toy guns, so I got two Barbies and like bent them so that they were at like a ninety degree angle. Put them in my belt, and then I don't even think it was a belt. I think it was like a piece of string. And then came downstairs and rolled around on the floor, pretending to be Lara Croft. Were you my homeless? Barbies. Were you homeless as a child? Is that about your history? I don't know. We were on the streets. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Using Barbies as guns. Yeah. I was using my imagination. Oh my lord. Didn't get that image, but yeah, so apparently Atlantis failed because of Shrek went against it and Lara Croft Tomb Raider. Did you see that at the cinema then? Lara Croft. Where, M- Megan, I that was a Megan, when is your when is your home. reboot of Tomb Raider? <laughs> <laughs> if I get if Mike gets someone who pays £100 a month on Patreon, I'll recreate the movie. Oh my God, please. With two Barbies as your weapon. Yeah. I, think, I think we can club together and sort that out. Oh, man. Um, but is there anything else about Atlantis? Because um, we've gone in quite a lot of reasons as to why it probably uh, failed and things. 
Is there anything else you guys want to mention before we get on to the final film? Nope. No. Nope. Okay. It's <laughs> like, I want to go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm flagging. My COVID chest is sore. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know you're ill as well. Um, so on the last one, Treasure Planet. So Treasure Planet came out in 2002. This has 7.2 on IMDb. So the ratings is Emperor's New Groove, then Treasure Planet, then Atlantis, according to IMDb. Uh, but then Treasure Planet was based on Treasure Island. A couple of fun facts here for you. Mm-hmm. So Treasure Planet, it cost $140 million to make, but it only made $110 so it lost 30 million. A couple of reasons that might be for this. First of all, this is the third Disney adaptation of Treasure Island. There was Treasure Island from the 50s, and then there's the Muppets Treasure Island. Everyone remembers of Tim Curry. Then the, the song about cabin fever. Yep. Um, and then, which it's quite weird they decided to make this film, considering Muppets Treasure Island, that was what? 90s? Early early nineties, yeah. So it's not that three, four. I think not, you should not make a Mupp- You should not make a follow uh, a remake of a film that Muppets have made for like thirty years. Uh, Disney just needs to start remaking their own films of Muppets. Imagine Moana and Muppets. Sorry, um, this is also there's already a Moana remake. We no, don't. no, and they should yeah, make no, that. They should make it with it. the Muppets. <laughs> Any live action remake, <laughs> Disney should scrap and just do it with the Muppets. It would be so much better. Everything's better with the Muppets, um, except porn. Um, so. This also, interestingly <laughs> enough, the third Treasure Island set in space. So, or space themed. So, there's mm. a Bulgarian uh, film called Treasure Island in Space. And then there's also. Um, <laughs> such an original title. I know. Uh, and there's also a mini series <laughs> as well called Treasure Island in Outer Space. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's quite odd that there's three Treasure Planet films, basically. So, it, it's quite interesting. So, this is. The third Disney Treasure Island thing and the third uh, Treasure Island part in space. But this one was directed by Ron Clements and John Musker, who made Aladdin, uh, Hercules and Moana. They wrote and directed it. Um, And this film also was the biggest box office flop for an animated film. Um, and interestingly enough, an interesting part about the uh, animation, I'm going to keep saying interesting because I clearly have no other words in my vocabulary. Um, it was mixing 2D You need some 3D. more polysimous words, Mike. Thank you, sir. Uh, <laughs> um, but what's interesting is that it was 2D traditional hand-drawn um, animation um, and then set atop 3D computer animated things. So it was this... Oh, that will explain why the robot's eyes were so cool. Yeah, so all the robots in this film are 3D and all mm. the ships and everything is 3D, but yeah. almost all the character models are 2D. And this was like the first film to do that. And this was kind of a weird point in Disney where the creators were like, we don't want to lose everything to 3D animation like we are doing with Disney Pixar stuff. But our 2D animated films, like the ones you just mentioned, aren't really landing like they used to. So they were trying to kind of merge it together. And what ended up happening is it cost them a fortune and they didn't make them a lot of money. Um, so with Treasure Planet, Megan, did you want to say anything about this? Do you want to start us off? I'm pretty sure I saw this at the cinema. So it was 2002 this came out. So yeah, you'd have been, what, seven, eight? Seven, eight. Well, you were born in April 1994, so I would imagine near eight. Yeah. But, I- quick maths. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I saw this at the cinema. I definitely had seen this before because there were elements of it that I was like, I recognise this. Yeah. Like mm. the snippy snip when he cuts the... Oh, oh the, the guy spider. with the claws. The spider. The spider guy. Oh, the spider with crab claws. When he kills uh, Mr. Arrow. Yeah, that yeah. I recognise. <laughs> and now that you've said Mr. Arrow <laughs> out loud, loads of the characters' names, I was like, mm, I recognise them. Obviously, mm. he's snippy, the same Snippy, snippy Spider-Man, you know. <laughs> snippy, snippy Spider-Man. <laughs> I mean, Mr. Arrow is the same Scary name as... Scary Lobster Man. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
it's the same name as as the guy from Treasure Island, Muppets Treasure Island. See, I can't remember Muppets Treasure Island apart from He's called Mr. Arrow as well. Yeah, so Jim Hawkins is the name of the character. Long John Silver is the name of the character. So they've carried those character names across. I, Um, I... enjoyed it i must say so we watched both atlantis and treasure planet yesterday um after my birthday night out (laughs) so i was (laughs) quite hungover yesterday um we watched the rest of treasure planet like just before the the last 10 minutes it was like yeah i I was i was like "Mm, i'm tired and then we watched like literally 15 minutes (laughs) of the film left um (laughs) the thing is is that I knew I knew what was going to... First of all, I had seen it and it's been a long time so I didn't really remember it that well apart from like little snippets like snippy snippy Spider-Man. But um, it's Treasure Planet. Like it's Treasure Island. You know, like I've seen Muppet... Like Mupp- the Muppets movies, those films, my brother and I watched so much when we were younger. So Muppets Christmas Carol, Muppets Treasure Island, we watched a disgusting amount of times. So... It, it kind of takes a little bit of the enjoyment out for me because mm. I, I knew exactly what was going to happen. Like mm. basically like from start to end, I knew what I could was remember happen. at all. Cause I've only seen Muppets Treasure Island once or twice. You, you watched um, Muppets Treasure Island for the first time with me. Have we watched it together? Yeah. Yeah. And you hated the song about cabin fever. I need to stop drinking. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't drink very much, but clearly I seem to whenever we watch these, these films, but I, I thought this film, funny enough, kind of the opposite that Atlantis had. I thought this film was so slow and it took so long to get going. And mm-hmm. I was so, so uninterested the whole time. And then the last half hour was banging. I thought once the robot got into it, played by Martin Short, that's when yes. I was like, it's really yes. picking it up. That <laughs> yes. robot was like, and I was at like, the animation, as Susie came into it, I was like, that looks phenomenal 21 years later it still looks so good and the humor is great in it from him though i've i wrote down i wrote down humor and i've literally written down little to none because there I, there were no jokes for the first like hour apart from dr doppler just being weird and awkward and then that the dog um, fart being yeah the dog man <laughs> the, the dog man. <laughs> the dog man made from a human when a human's when a human man we get a dog baby we did get a dog baby in this oh, there's one <laughs> dog baby in there all oh, other cat babies but um and then that's what i should i should just put that up i should just put that up this is what happens <laughs> yeah and then there's a weird fart creature and i was like oh, and it was like oh, a yeah. creature the, like from flatula or something and i was like oh for christ's sake ball of farting tits from out of space <laughs> yeah. and i was like this is pathetic but then as soon as um, ben came into it he was funny yes. great lines really entertaining humor and quite the, the little bit of darkness because like this is actually yeah. quite a tragic character but it's very oh, yeah. hubris to watch him suffer <laughs> i i like to see myself as a jim hawkins but i know in fact i'm a ben <laughs> I, am, I am loud i'm irritating and i have memory problems uh, like that, that is me so and you got abandoned like, on a planet for several years and I, don't I've, know who been you are anymore. I've been abandoned many a time on a distant world um, um, but i i i think that is such a wonderful character and i I, all of i I was just kicking myself going where the fuck has he been the entire time Mm. yeah he He should have been been it from the start start. he should be like found in a cupboard somewhere and then him like jim kind of vaguely rebuild him and Mm. then him kind of that would have been so much cooler bit too much like star wars mike i'm afraid i was gonna say i don't want to watch star wars when i'm Um, watching this film how how very i don't want that (laughs) Um, I, I want to say that Ben is, is way better than C-3PO. Itself. I want to clarify. <laughs> like, I want to cl- 
you know, Ben was much funnier than C-3PO. Apart from Rise of Skywalker, weirdly enough. But arguably the worst no, Star Wars we're not film. talking about Star Wars. But C-3PO was hilarious in it. Don't know what was going on there. But I loved Ben. I thought he was great. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something as well. Like going on, I know Rhea had some issues with the, the feminist angle in Atlantis. I think the feminist angle in this. The lack of. The lack, well, the lack of, yeah. But the, why, is the, why does the mum stay at home? There's no reason for her to stay at home. Why can't she go on the adventure? Yeah, her inspiration. Well, I can down. tell you why. I can tell you why. And I don't have a problem with this because I think in our storytelling, especially in animation, especially with Disney, we lack stories about men, young men, without father figures i think Mm -hmm. if you've watched a tv show like fringe which is very different to this but one of the main main storylines is about male love and father-son love and non-romantic love and i think that's a really important topic and that's why i really like this film i genuinely didn't think i was gonna like this film when it started i don't mind it being slow at the beginning I'm actually all right with that. I was like, oh, it's weird that it's a bit slow. I thought it'd be like adventure straight away. I also don't like his weird like wind sailing through space or whatever. That annoyed me. Um, I hate that ponytail. But his <laughs> ponytail makes me but feel sick. It, it makes me makes feel... feel actually sick. It's, <laughs> it's disgusting. Do you remember that? Do you remember that Armstrong? I've never sketch. wanted to like <laughs> go with a rubber and like rub something out before on an actual screen but it shows but how I, he's but, grown up because he loses his his ponytail at the end thanks don't try and make this um, good megan it's part of his character arc but, dan <laughs> so gross <laughs> but i think i think it's really unusual to see these stories about um a boy finding love that's not romantic love and finding his place in the world. And I think they're really important stories to be to be told. And I find it really interesting that I couldn't think of another animation where it's a male protagonist, where that kind of happens. Atlantis. But it doesn't. He falls no, in that's love. That's not the same. He falls in love. No, but that's I meant as in... This is like a... Apart, com- apart from that ending bit, I just meant it was quite... romantic No, but I just... The, the first half of what you were saying was like, is a male protagonist who doesn't have a father figure but then he's trying to live up to the expectations of his grandfather and then for me a really emotional scene was when he was saying someone said to him like you've made your grandfather proud or something and i was like because i obviously have father issues as well they're kind of living up to the legacy he did have a father figure just because he wasn't there in this film he actively his dad abandoned him oh yeah that's a coming of age story yeah i know they are different i I was i said that in a jokey way ria i didn't mean to take away from your point completely i just thought most of what you said there was applicable to atlantis i am closing down this call now i am (laughs) outraged that you have an opinion (gasps) typical Mike talking over someone else with an opinion. No, I you know, like I I well you know I already think Atlantis is interesting that it has a male protagonist, but again it it ends up being a romance, and I think mm-hmm. that's not great. And romance, as you said, he is the white savior, and I just think oh that's a missed opportunity. Whereas here is there's none of that, and and Jim find something from everyone i think you know it's not subtle storytelling do not get me wrong i'm not saying this is like the pinnacle of screenwriting or anything like that but i think for a kids film 
that's an, another action adventure film, I think that's really important. Does this make, make this the greatest film? No. But for me, I was actually quite blown away at how sensitively it was handled. And I was not expecting it. I've seen this film maybe once before a long time ago and didn't really like it. Mm. And I was surprised at how much I liked it this time and how much that resonated with me. And I do think it is disappointing that his mum didn't go. In my head, I actually thought that she did. And I was watching, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. I, I forgot they got an adventure and she doesn't. And, yeah, it is a little irritating. But I also think it's okay to have a story about him and making his connections outside of that world. Like, it's frustrating that he, like, comes back and he's been on all of these adventures and she's like, oh, yeah, my inn got blown up and I've just sort of been hanging out. Like, I've got I've got more bags under me. my eyes. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. The, the, the yeah. edge lines. <laughs> yeah. Quick, put some more bags under, but, quick. <laughs> but, you know, I also think at the beginning, and, again, I think this is another flaw that, but at the beginning, I think we get a real sense of her and who she is and that's fantastic i don't like it when he's then a teenager and she's just a nagging mum i think that's the problematic bit for me not that she doesn't go on the adventure it's the it's the she seems to have gone from quite a well-rounded beginning female character at the beginning Mm. to suddenly just being like oh she's just a mum with a teenage boy who's nagging him and it's so exhausted by it all and it's kind of like come on you're trying something here you could have worked a little bit harder on that there's that, Sorry, there's that line. No, I was gonna, I was gonna, I was gonna agree with you. Um, that line where she's like, "Oh, I just wish he was a baby again, and he was bringing <sighs> pets home and stuff." And it's like, "Well, he's not. You had a child. They fucking yeah, broke. exactly. Get, get to grips with what he's doing now and who he is now and who's going to become. Don't fucking worry about him when he was a baby. You've done that. It's past. It's gone. Don't worry about it. Be present. Be with him now." And she's like, yeah, he's, he's, he's troubling and he's a teenager. It's like, yeah, everyone's a fucking arsehole when they're a teenager. He's not even that bad as a teenager, really. I was going to say, he doesn't really get into that much trouble. He seems yeah, all right. The dog like, man, pretty capable. <laughs> the dog man refers to him as a felon. Yeah, he does. Because he's like... Is it the equivalent of like skateboarding in like an abandoned warehouse and then getting arrested for it? It's yeah. like, oh, these criminals. Now, it's like, um... This is another thing I have a problem with the film. Okay, like, Jim is supposed to be, he's made out like this is this bad boy. He's a real bad boy. He's, he's doing all this stuff. <laughs> and then we get Long John Silver. I think he's a, I think the Long John Silver in this, I think the voice is great. The design is good. I think everything about him is very interesting. And the relationship he has with Jim, great. You know, this fatherly thing. Um, the issue I have is a bit like the issue I had with Mulan 2. Don't want to remind you of that horrible <laughs> film, but Mushu got exactly what he wanted in the end. And we all agreed with that he shouldn't have because he was a fucking knobhead. <laughs> so Long John Silver throughout this film, not only does he cause or inadvertently cause the death, his crew causes the death of Mr. Arrow. He falls into a fucking black hole, which is a fucking dark ending for any Disney film. So sad. I, I like love Mr. Arrow. I was like, he was great. great character. And he's, uh, a, he's a rock man. Like, cool. He's probably he not going to die. Do you know what I mean? Like exactly. So he's just like he's just floating around in space. That cold <laughs> yeah. forever. That's a really tragic end, and and that carries on like that stays with you because that's the the first major death or any death in the film, I think. And and then Jim finds out Long John Silver goes to kill him. Still going to kill him. Planning to kill him. Will kill him for the map. Continues to want to kill him. And then right at the end goes. Oh, you're all right. 
And then not yeah. only not only that, not only that, when they say he's going to prison, he's like, ah, oh, well, uh, you know, and uh, pirates, what are you going to do? <laughs> that he gets, Jim lets him get away. He shouldn't have let him go. He needs to be held responsible for all the shit he's caused, all the injuries and the damage and the deaths. The fact that Jim lets him go, that Jim is now responsible for everything he now goes out and does as a pirate, as a space pirate. That's well, that's it's... my issue with it. But you gave him more, that's... so that makes up for it, Dan. <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> but, but, I mean, I, I'm very much enjoying your very serious take on that, Dan. I very much enjoy that. You know, that's my bag. But I do kind of agree. But there's two. There's that's the first part of one of the things mm. that annoys me about his character. Not that he gets away with it, but it's sort of. I think that for a story that's telling you something strong about male relationships. It's not like the end of Point Break, right? It's not a powerful Point Break moment. No spoilers for Point Break if anybody hasn't seen it. Please go and watch it. It's amazing. It's not... You don't have that... I can't be comparing this to Point Break. But, you know, you understand why a character does what they do at the end of Point Break. I don't get that in this film. I'm a bit like, I don't really think he's made up for any of the terrible things that he's done. But before that, there's so many twists in what his character's doing, and I cannot stand that. It's like every season of Lost condensed into one character for 45 (laughs) minutes. I'm like, why does he keep on changing? Like, why is it? We don't need this many twists for this one character about whether he's going to kill Jim or not. And I'm just like, just fucking do it once. And then we get it. We get yeah, your exactly. character. You're hitting exactly. it home too hard. I think that's the difficult thing with it coming from a book, though, isn't it? Because there's so many iterations of Treasure Island mm. that it, that is the book. Like, that's the same thing in Muppets Treasure Island, isn't it? If I, I can't really remember. I remember Long John Silver being he bad survived. and I think he, he survives. Yeah. He becomes Dr. Frankenfurt, doesn't he? <laughs> he becomes a sweet transvestite. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's. I found the same thing with this film. I, I because I it is annoying because I don't remember. For me, this was like watching a new film because I was. Like, I remember nothing about Treasure Island or anything like that. And I, I was like, I thought the character. I thought that, it's weird with this film. I think this film had some of the best designs of anything. I thought the ships. Gorgeous. I thought they were Gorgeous. incredible. It very original. Mm-hmm. I mean, Atlantis had a lot of cool stuff, but this was like it looked phenomenal. The the, the Long John Silver's character, his eye thing, when you got to see through that lens mm-hmm. a little bit, his whole mm-hmm. arm machine thing. I was like genius. But one thing I I couldn't get on board with, uh, no ship pun intended, was that I couldn't. The pacing was so off for me because I was just like. From the very start, you are told Cyborg is bad. So you go, oh, and I was like, oh, he's <laughs> yeah. he's going to yeah. get confused. He's not going to be bad. But then you immediately seem to do loads of bad stuff. And exactly. it's like, okay, so there's no there's no twist. Because what's happening is you've just got this really inconsistent character. And I was like, I don't know how I'm meant to feel about this character. Because I certainly don't like him. And it's, as you say, every five minutes, he's like, no, I'll kill him. No, I won't, actually. No, no yeah, I will. So, no, I won't. Yeah. But I will. And you're like, what is going on here? Why? Why? Like just why? Like I, I, mm. I, and I was so dumbfounded by it all, and I was like, the character didn't seem to work. I feel like if you kind of, it almost like you had two separate characters, and you've just kind of merged them together. You've got like a father figure, like a pop- cyborg. Ah, very nice. <laughs> I feel like what would have maybe worked better is if Mister Arrow was like a father figure. 
instead. Yeah, 100%. And then it became yeah. like a pseudo-revenge story. And then maybe then Long John saw what was happening to Jim, his pursuit of revenge. He was like, he maybe Jim got really wounded and had his arm amputated or something. And then he's like, mm. oh no, you're becoming me. Mm. I need Star Wars reference. I need to stop you making the mistakes say, I did. Same mic. And it's I was like, stop bringing it back to Star Wars. I know. I've said that because I realized as I was saying it, I was like, someone's going to make the Darth Vader connection there. <laughs> um, but that's what I thought. I thought Mr. Arrow could have done that better. But instead, yeah. you're like, Jim, like, uh, I also feel like with Jim, the dad leaving, I thought the scene where the dad left was kind of strong when it started. But then when he was literally chasing his dad down to the boat, it went Too on for much. ages. And I'm just Too like, much. We, and there wasn't even like a turnaround like the dad, the dad didn't even look walking. back the dad just walked and away. i was like you have to be like a next level and this is ria's favorite word trigger warning for friends who are sensitive to language you have to be a next level cunt to have your child what three meters away from you as you're walking down the longest fucking road <laughs> ever and you're literally a child running after you calling yeah. to you and you won't even turn around and look and then you get on the this boat thing and you get we saw how long the launch sequence took for the other boat but somehow this ship as soon as he steps on board it's like up oh, the plank's up and he's gone and i'm like so he left because of issues with the mum maybe but he didn't like leave in the middle of the night and the sun woke up and he was gone the sun woke up and was calling to him and chasing after him and he's like nah I'm not even going to acknowledge. I'm not even yeah. going to tell you that I had issues with your mum or that I'm just a prick. It was like, it was like when someone's like talking to you and you're just looking away, you know, just try, like a child. I tell you, Mike, but men men do do that a lot. That's like somebody who worked at a children's agency. Men do that a lot, but Fair. I appreciate that you. But I just, you're like, like for me oh in that God, film, no I was man like, would do that. And I'm like, well, I don't think no man would do that. I said next level cunt. I, did, but I, I do. Just like, yeah, I do. Why was I, he there I, for so long? Like, surely. <laughs> I don't, it, for me, it isn't consistent. If he was like an abusive dad or an abusive partner, or it seemed like his dad well, that's was... That's not the point. You don't need to know why he left. No, you I know. Just need to know but for me, left. it was inconsistent because it was like the dad seemed seemingly perfect because when you get the starting scene when you don't see the dad, but the mum's yeah. there, there's no mention the dad's a prick. Nothing. And then just, no, what, no just mention suddenly... The yeah, just suddenly, mm. when the kid's like, what, 10-ish, the dad's just gone with no explanation. I know in real life that does happen, but I'm just... For me, I was like, this is really... It, it felt like a part where there was more of a story to tell or reason. And they were like, let's not do that. Let's play this really bad song over it. Or not a bad song, but a song yeah, that just didn't is, fit. Yeah, yeah really The music bad. in this music film. It feels terrible. like they chose the music before the film was made. Yeah, yeah. And Absolutely every time a song terrible. played, I was like, this feels so 2000s. None of it fits. It is. If, I, if it's not Goo Goo Dolls. This is very 2000s. If it's not Goo Goo Dolls, it's very much in that vein. Like, I, is is something personal about me. I did see my dad walk out the door. Like when I'm sorry. He, like it's all right. It's okay. He's he's still around. He's not. He wasn't gone. Gone. He, but I do remember. It, like that sticks with me. One of my earliest memories. And yeah, it wasn't great. Um, you know, I don't remember it fully. But I felt that they were hammering it home a little too hard in this. Like mm. there was too many scenes of, oh, dad's going on the ship again. Dad's oh, this time I'm going to run after him. And I'm like, you only needed one or two, two of those at max. But I felt like there was way too many. And they were like, isn't it sad when your dad is gone? <laughs> you know, or whatever, the, whatever that song was. I oh, was the lyrics like, were not good like, either. And like, and like, like, it's something I should be like, oh my god, you've got me in my heartstrings. And I'm like, nah, don't buy it. 
you're hammering it home too hard for me and he's like oh i'm not good enough and i'll never you know be this and you know and all the and and the fact that you know um you know this i like Rhea is a big fan of the found family stuff and and i think lon john is some kind of found family for him in a sense um and he teaches him like he's never been taught how to do all these things and like yeah the, like there's the stuff that could potentially pull out my heartstrings for those kind of things but again it 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 just doesn't because i i don't know either they're they're just laying it on too thick or something there's just something that doesn't quite work i do agree with mike i think visually i think what they were trying in atlantis they succeeded in this film yeah. blending mm. of the CGI and the and the hand drawn animation. I think the it's gorgeous. The the big galleons and the um, I do not understand why they just have normal ropes. That I don't understand of all the <laughs> of all the technology they have, and they've just got these normal like flimsy ropes. Not even metal. Yeah, exactly. Of course, the snippy <laughs> man. We can't have snippy storytelling because, because <laughs> there are so many things like that. Now I'm like, really? Would you? Yeah. You can have proper is that, ropes. Is that what you'd have? But I think I do think you're right. I think it has the same problem that as Atlantis, even I prefer it, in terms of the story beats just don't quite get there. Nothing is seen through fully. It's kind of like it's we've got an idea. We're going to sort of get there, but then we've got to get to this point, and then we've got to get to that point. And I think this suffers from it because it is based on Treasure Island. It knows mm. the points it needs to get to, and it's focusing on those instead of the in-between spaces whereas atlantis is messy because it doesn't have yeah it's got you know it's got no structure to fit into so it's just messy all over this is messy in between so oh, we've got to get here and we've got to get there and it's like you're like 100 right when we get to ben yeah. like the whole story just opens up and becomes something completely different and it's like why is that story be so late on in this film mm-hmm. like the last like, it's really close to the end it's just like okay you've you've made a choice there well done i've been it's not what i would have done but sure go for it like the best character save it until the very end i also looked it up and long john silver does get away in treasure island Ah, okay okay that makes sense then Mm. yeah but I, i feel a better ending would have been him in jail because yeah because I don't think in the previous Treasure Islands that I've seen, like like Long John does have a relationship, but they're never like buddy buddy. You know, mm, there's still yeah. like kind of there's a tension, there's there's something there, and and with this because they are so buddy buddy, and he has done all these awful things. I think maybe him being in jail and Jim coming to visit him in his mm. in his you know his his whatever the 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 navy space navy or whatever the fuck it's called. <laughs> Uh, you know, he comes in that uniform. Like, wouldn't that be nice? Because he's going, ah, oh, I could see you. The, you know, the suns glide off your sails, or whatever he says. You know, like, I, well, I want to be there. Morph, I, I thought he was going to go into prison, then Morph was going to get him freed. I was like, surely that's such an obvious. I thought that was kind of the whole point Ooh. of the film. My other thing with that, right, is that he was like, oh no, I can't go to jail. What would Morphy do? And then he's like, have Morph, and then he fucks <laughs> off. <laughs> But you've just been banging on about how Morphe can't go to jail. You need to be together. And then he's like, fuck off, Morph. Go hang out with Jimbo. Yeah. But but I was like, well, that would have been that would have made much more sense of just and the last scene is yeah, yeah. almost always like um Venom 2 is always like, you know, Jim goes to see um Long John at the prison, and then Morph is with him, and Morph stays behind and then gets him out. And then the last scene is him mm. running off in the distance 
with Morph. I thought that would have made so much more sense. <laughs> Sorry, Willa's licking the ups. lock of... It's not even locked. <laughs> it's just close. She's licking what you may be able to hear. Is, uh, she does this thing when she's in her crate, when she wants to come out and we're not giving her enough attention. She just licks the like handle of the... Because she knows if we... Te- like if, if she's like making a lot of noise, like, come on, you need to be quiet. Yeah. So she knows that if she makes loads of noise, she won't get out. So she just licks... So she, sorry, that's what you may have been able to hear. Apologies. Also, even if you haven't seen Treasure Island, just going to the crew, they're fucking baddies. Look at them. Like, look at them all. Who the... Li- f- like, the, the dog ca- man. The captain, the captain goes straight away. I don't like yeah. the crew yeah. you hired. Yeah. <laughs> I cannot believe you hired these people. One it's like, look at them. You. <laughs> one of them is a farting ball of tits from outer space. Literally. <laughs> then you've got the crab man. You crab can't man. even pretend to be nice. When he's being nice that one time, he's like... Mr. Arrow's gone. It's like, you are the, you are like the worst Mr. actor ever. Mr. Arrow's gone. I was like, you're so I also want to say, they blame Jim, right? His, his little plot hole as well, which made no sense. Mr. Arrow's, like, rope wasn't tied. Yeah, it wasn't fastened properly. It's like, um, didn't, and Jim is like, but I thought I did. What could have happened? And then it's like subtly hinting it was his fault. And you're like, but, but Long John literally had his thing tightened and those billions of meteorite bits that were flying off cut his rope. Why didn't you think, Maybe during that giant meteor storm, or when we're in a supernova when there's this thin, clearly flammable rope, maybe something hit it, and that's why he fell rather than. To be fair, the captain, the captain was like, he was a good man, but he knew the risks. Yeah. Although she's like, she's she's like, you're my best mate. See you later. Bye. I I feel like her character (laughs) is really weird as well. We'll start to wrap up, or uh, because my I have my. And then she's like, I'm going to go doggy style with... (laughs) At the start of the film, she's like this really uptight person who likes speaking big words to make herself sound really smart. And then halfway through the film, they just just drop it. And then she stops talking like that randomly. And then she has no personality for the last half of the movie because she's just swooning Um, over this dog person. I think you'll find her personality is, we must stay together. You must not do that, Jim. And my arm hurts. She says it like 500 times. My arm. I think it's an arm, isn't it? It It is. And just, I was like, oh, I fall in love with you, dog man, who is quite, quite frankly, really, really annoying and very jarring. But because you, I like the dog man. Because you've vaguely taken care of me for about two hours, now I'm going to have babies with you. It's like, Florence what? Nightingale effect. Florence Nightingale. I know, but it's that kind of trope where you get this really uptight woman who's like, you know, I'm a businessy. It's like a Hallmark movie. I'm a businesswoman. I'm serious. <laughs> serious, McGarrius, serious. And then it's like, I'm a goofy man who can see through all that. <laughs> and then it's like, yeah, I love you. So like, what is happening? It even looks like goofy. <laughs> I mean, first of all, that was fantastic, Mike. Thank I you. absolutely loved that. You should be <laughs> writing the characters in this film. That was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm happy with that. It's- yeah. Um, second of all, I know you put up Hallmark movies to make me happy, so I really appreciate that as well. Yeah, all good. <laughs> um, but is there anything else? So we've, uh, these are three underrated Disney films. I think The Emperor's New Groove is um, underrated, even though it shouldn't be. I think it should be one of the top tier ones. I think Atlantis should be kind of mid. I think it probably should... More people should see it, I think, for certain reasons. But I feel like... Sorry, it's Willow being a pain again. Um, She's trying to dig her way out of the crate because she needs a wee. Um, Atlantis, I was like, the first half... I feel like Atlantis could actually do with a remake. I feel like if they did it right, a live-action one, you know, with someone who's culturally sensitive, it could actually work. But then again, we have Avatar, so, you know, who needs that? Uh, And then Treasure Planet, I'm like, meh. It's a remake, the third Disney remake of a really old book that everyone apart from me clearly knew the story of. So it was like, meh. Um, so and I also read Treasure Island at school. I did not. I so, didn't. No, I didn't read Treasure Island. Um, 
I can't remember. I don't know, Dan. I didn't go to school with you. No. Um, <laughs> I wasn't I'm there. Very, I'm very <laughs> I'm old. sorry. I'm very old and I don't remember. <laughs> but is there anything else that any about any of these films or any sort of final mentions that uh, we want to say before we wrap this up? Just nope. that I wish I could crack my toes like the guy. Oh, like the, the guy from Atlantis. <laughs> like disgusting. That's disgusting. Now that, that Megan is weird. Yeah, that is pretty weird, That's Megan. So um, that is weird. Um, but um, so I will say um, at some point in the future, I don't think my next pick is going to be underrated animated movies again, but it might be. Who knows by the time we get there. But I know there's like Brother Bear that I've not seen that's meant to be great. I think Rhea quite likes yeah. that. There's Home on the Range that is a I've not seen. But then there's yeah. a couple of animated ones like Meet the Robinsons and Chicken Little that I've not seen. Yeah, I've not seen um, those. Yeah, so maybe for the future. But next time we do this, which I think we're, re- we're recording in about a month, so hopefully we won't leave it to the last minute this time. Um, we had to put some time in the calendar, because otherwise we we're, won't get... With a, with a, we're, we're coming into the fifth month of the year. This is our first one. <laughs> yeah, so we're going to have to really pick up the pace. Especially we're going to do another Christmas one, Jesus. <laughs> but Rhea, <laughs> it's your, your pick for uh, next month. Well, it'll probably be out in a, in a couple of months, but it's your pick for Disney Discussions number seven. So if you want to tell us what the theme is, and if you're revealing the movies here as well, you can. But Rhea, the floor is yours. Well, we do have to decide the movies between us, the films between okay. us. Well, no, that's enough. Because the Stop. theme is cartoon crushes. Oh, yeah. I immediately have thought of two straight away. <laughs> cartoon crushes. <laughs> Lola yeah. Bunny from Space Jam and Jessica oh, Rabbit. Straight away. You, easy I, peasy. Dogman from Fresh Planet. Dogman, let's watch. Let's uh, <laughs> watch it again. Well, mm. it can't mm. be something we've already watched. It can't be Beast. You okay. can't have Beast. Oh, good. Yeah, it has to be cartoon Beast. crushes. For Disney. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mine is Lola Bunny is mine from Space Jam. Uh, so are we, watching, but... are we watching the whole film that these characters are in? Or are we? Are we just? is it just kind of a freeform thing? Up to you. Well, I think, I think, I think we, the point I think is, we'll is us have watch our the discussion whole. about our yeah have a you know we've got to figure out who our crushes are share that as a group see so if there's any crossover I, I don't know if, it, if there's not a crush I the, might have to watch choose the a, films but then we will talk about oh sorry you go Mike I might have to choose a man crush because I don't yeah, I don't think there's any women in Disney movies. The problem is most women in Disney movies are either oh, old or children. So it's a bit. Dad's just thought of one. So it's. I, mean, me, I can think of loads that Dan fancies. Oh yeah, because she I old, like old women, women like Mother Gothel or young <laughs> women. You know, there's not a lot of in between. Yeah, my, mine, as I said, yeah, mine is um, yeah, for Space Jam, which isn't even Disney. Don't worry, I've got so. one. I've got one. Okay, Dan's got one. That's fine. I mean, Who Framed Roger Rabbit is on Disney Plus. Technically, yeah, it's technically a Disney film. Technically, it so that's, a, it's it's a wobbly it's wobbly ground, but it, it's technically. I'll, I'll have a think, but that that'll be my, my plan B. I've, I'm enjoying this already. I'm so pleased with myself. I was going to change it last minute oh. to uh, to animated animals, but I think I'm going to stick <laughs> okay. with cartoon yeah, crushes. That. Well, I mean, here's the thing, guys, and uh, I'm telling I'm not asking this of you. I'm telling you, we're going to be doing this for the rest of our lives. So the goal right. is to have watched okay. every single Disney film ever. That's the point of Disney discussions. I, mean, I don't think we. I think they're releasing more films a year than we're watching in the podcasts. There's another like three animated ones. There's, like Elemental and Strange Worlds, and another one. It's like Lord, but Disney run everything. <laughs> that, that is that's true. That's not Star Wars content or Marvel content either. And the tr- <laughs> and 20th century. They're churning those fuckers out. Yeah. <laughs> 20th Century Fox as well, Lord. Um, okay, well, so we'll wrap up and we'll say our usual plugs. I'll go first because I normally take the longest. So I'll just say, 
at Genuine Chit Chat on Instagram, Twitter, and on Facebook. Links to all the stuff we've spoken about are going to be in the description. And if you like hearing myself and Megan without Spider Dan and Rhea, then please consider supporting us on Patreon for yeah. only one pound a month. Dan does it, and he quite likes the content I release on there. So I do, I do but but it's better when me and Rhea are here. I think it is. It is, but that's <laughs> why it's a special event. It's why it's Disney Discussions an event. Whereas yeah. you know, you get me and Megan once a once a, a week at least. I do like it. It's worth every penny. Thank you so much. And only a quid, guys. It's quite cheap for over 170 episodes of Afterthoughts. I, I, I pay more than a quid because I'm generous. Oh, love you. <laughs> um, Megan, your usual plug? Instagram. Grits gets fit. I post whenever I fancy now. Boom. Easy peasy. Rhea. Well, actually, no. Rhea will go last because she can uh, sign this off because she's starting the next one. Ooh. So, Spider Dan. <laughs> um, Spider Dan and the Secret Um Something very unusual I'm doing at the moment. My boss at work, my big boss, is a musician, and he's really enjoyed the podcast since I told him about them at the Christmas party. And now he has sampled several guests, including Rhea, in a dance track that you Hmm. will be able to... um, The pre-link for Spotify is up, and Rhea is on there going, woo, uh, among (laughs) other words. And uh, and yeah, it's really good. It's a it's a banging trap. It's also funny. It's uh, it takes a lot of elements from different podcasts, combines them. It's a form of storytelling in itself. It's going to come out on the twenty sixth of May. There is on my Instagram. There is a pre Spotify link. So please go link subscribe to it. Uh, click on it, save it, and then when it comes out, you get to hear it in all its glory. It's called uh, a teddy bear's picnic of blood and carnage so uh it's gonna be fucking weird megan you're gonna hate it <laughs> but he's a, he's a lovely guy he's like you know he's, he's an older guy but he's 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 absolutely been so enthused and passionate and and the fact that my podcasts have inspired him to make music he used to be in bands and you know all sorts of stuff so the fact that i can do that it, it makes me very happy and it's also it, it's really good it's really good so so please do that uh the link is on my instagram and i I'm going to put it on my website as well so where you can find it but that uh, please do that before the the release of it'll it. be in the show notes as well friends so make sure i've already pre-saved so oh uh, you're good that. and check out dan's patreon because i'm a supporter of that as well and it's yeah, quite yeah. fun yeah lots, yeah, yeah, lots yeah. of good fun over there you, you lots can, of cool you stuff can, you can pay me some money yeah sure yeah, but, do that. But, but yeah <laughs> so it's that's good but yeah closing off all those is the the herald of femme of the femon collective she is the creator. And also, I want to say before, um, your fingernails, I love the colour. They're amazing. I forgot to mention. Thank you. Very much. Uh, if I had more time I my hands, I'd... the weekend to cheer myself up in COVID mm. times. It looks great. It's a oh, really... I don't know if you know everyone. I don't know if I've mentioned it enough, but I've got COVID. So <laughs> feel sorry for me. Um... <laughs> Thank you. I love my nails too. They're so sunshiny. You look like I an Atlantean. I don't know. I said sunshiny. <laughs> oh no, I do, don't I? <laughs> a white you just one. Need, you, just, um, <laughs> you just need you need huge breasts that aren't supportive and very skimpy swimmer. And to be able to speak every single language because the root of <laughs> Atlantean somehow means you can speak every language. They had eight thousand years to learn every single language that exists. <laughs> forgotten how to but read couldn't their write own. anything down. <laughs> Even so though, funny. how so would funny. you learn French without being able to read? And not speaking to anyone who's French. Sorry. Well, I mean... Sorry, I was meant to let Rhea plug herself, which sounded very everyone odd. Everyone learns how to speak their language before reading. No, yeah, That's not, literally how you learn a language. Not when you're 8,000 years old, no one around you speaks the language. How, how can you learn French if no one around you speaks French and there's nowhere to read? Because they're magic. Yes, the magic crystals that have got the knowledge. Anyway, let Rhea talk. Sorry. Blip, blip, blip. Classic white man. I'm so happy. <laughs> Classic white man. Who's Sorry, Who's going to come save us all? Yeah, he's, um, he's, I'm he's trying. Milo, he's Milo thatching it all over. 
uh, yes, come and check out me and my four co-hosts, Alison, Ada, Tonya and Jess over at the Femon Collective at Femon on Instagram. We have an awesome time talking about pop culture from a feminist gaze or female gaze, but we also talk about lots of other stuff as well. So we've got brilliant things. If you can hear that in the background, that is a noisy cricket. I, I thought it was a cricket. I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> is, is, he look, is he looking us... for a wooden boy? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off. Um, oh my God, if any of you fancy Pinocchio and make us watch it, I will murder you and stop doing this podcast. I did ask Dan if, if we, we could do a three uh, three Pinocchios, which is the original, uh, the remake and then the Gildatoro one. But no. I, well, no, because re- there's another Pinocchio was on top of that. There was a live action one that I used to watch when I was younger in Italy. It was really fucking creepy. Oh, that is that is that Robert uh, Bigini Benigi? He, he, he's an adult. He's an adult playing Pinocchio. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. You're all disgusting. We're not watching any Pinocchio. So we keep so derailing Rhea, and also our video seems to have lagged because my, yeah. my my things are now on power saver mode because it's not plugged in. So. Right. Let's wrap it up. So come and see us at the Film on Collective. Come and join on the conversations. Find us on all your podcast podcast apps. We're amazing. We do such cool stuff. Uh, and finally, final thing I want to say is congratulations to Mike and Megan. I meant to say at the top of the podcast, but on your engagement, it's such wonderful news. Obviously, all the listeners already know. And everybody join us in wishing them huge congratulations. And the, the video yeah, thing you. that we got from, uh, I don't know if it was put together by Dave or whatever, but all of you were involved in it. Yeah, that was, was really cool. Very heartwarming. It was delightful. I loved it. Yeah, very, very sweet. So thank you so much for that. And yeah, if people want to hear about the engagement and me ring shopping and all that stuff, it was originally only on Patreon, but I've released it to everyone else. So uh, go listen to that. Typical. I, I've just listened to it on Patreon. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Why'd you pay that money, Dan? No. Because of all the other amazing content. <laughs> That's why. That. It's mostly just for Megan and her hot takes. <laughs> yeah, disliking lots yeah. of very popular films. Yeah. What, do weird, you think of this, what do you think of this classic film, Megan? 6.5 out of 10. <laughs> yeah, 6.5 seems to be the standard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, but yeah, check out Film on Collective. It's incredible. So many amazing things over there. Check out Spider and the Secret Balls. So many amazing things over there as well. And thank you both for uh, doing Disney discussions. Once again, it's always delightful. And then, yeah, we'll be recording next month. So it'll probably be in a month or two after this comes out for Disney discussions number seven. We'll uh, see. The crushes. We'll see we shall see (laughs) but friends thank you for listening as always and we'll speak to you very soon and that's the end of the episode thank you so much for listening as always my friends make sure you check out the details in the description as mentioned and make sure you pre-save that song the teddy bears picnic of blood and carnage by Derek esoteric that will be out in may but if you just click on the link in the description you can pre-save it on spotify now, if you want to find more content from myself, you can follow me on social media at Genuine Chit Chat and all those sorts of places. But you can also go to my YouTube channel where there's the actual playlist for Disney discussion. So you can check out all of the episodes we've done so far on the feed of Genuine Chit Chat or on Spider Dan's feed. And loads of other cool things as well are on my YouTube channel. There's lots of Star Wars episodes. There's lots of other interview episodes I've done. I've had Spider Dan and Rhea on my podcast before. Myself and Megan recently announced our engagement to the world. And we released a little podcast explaining how we got engaged and the ring shopping process and all those sort of things. So if you're interested by that, you can go listen to those if you want even more content from myself and megan you can go to patreon.com slash genuine chit chat for as little as one pound a month you get access to hours and hours and hours of additional episodes of afterthoughts and all that great stuff 
You can rate and review both the Fem on Collective and Genuine Chit Chat, as well as Spider Dan's podcast on Spotify, on Good Pod, on Apple Podcasts, all those things. And if anyone's listening and has not yet done that, please do that because it only takes a couple minutes and it really, really helps out the show grow. But you can also share the show on social media. You can tell your friends about it, all kinds of different things you can do. So just thank you so much for listening. I won't waffle on here anymore, apart from saying sign up to the Pop Culture Collective newsletter. It's a weekly newsletter that Super Dummy Paul has put together with some amazing individuals, including myself, Spider Dan, and Rhea of the Fem on Collective. So that's the perfect place to keep up to date with all of our doings, as well as some other cool stuff some of our friends are up to as well. So a link to that is in the description. But friends, thank you so much. Next week will be an episode with an author that I have planned, so that's quite good fun. And then I've got a few more things coming up. There's quite a few pieces of Star Wars content that's coming up as well. And then we've already got a date in the calendar for Disney Discussions number seven, which Rhea did mention at the end there, the cartoon crushes. So that's going to be a fun one to do. But just thank you once again for listening. As always, I appreciate each and every one of you listening, especially all the way up to the very end. And I'll speak to any of you lovely genuine chit chat listeners next week. And any of you fem on collective listeners, I'll be talking to you in probably about a month or so's time when we do Disney discussions number seven. So thanks again, and I'll speak to you soon. Hello, Spider Dan here of the Spider Dan and the Secret Balls podcast. Just wanted to give you a quick introduction on what I do and why you should check it out. My main mission for the podcast is to spotlight the best kept secrets in entertainment that a mainstream audience may find boring. I have various guests from all walks of life, including friends, family, comic book professionals, and actors, while also doing the odd solo podcast and Patreon YouTube video here and there. If you like entertaining and informative discussions and are sick of content creators covering the same old MCU and Netflix programming, take a walk on the wild and the weird side. Swing over to spiderdanandthesecretballs.com for all the information you may need, such as links to the podcast, social media accounts, and how you can support podcasts. That's spiderdanandthesecretballs.com. That's B-O-R-E-S. Thanks for joining me, and as always, prepare for prattle.